Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And we are back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Boxhead, what is happening? Not much, man. Not much. Much more optimistic now that the origin period is over, all the shortened rounds are over, all the crap basically is over. I know there's a little bit of drama that we'll talk about, <clears throat> pardon me, in regards to the New South Wales setup. But honestly, uh, as much as I'm happy to address those issues and all that, I'm glad origin's over and we're back on the home run to the finals. The real deal, NRL football, eight games every week now. Yeah. Good riddance. Thank God for that. But kicking things off, you know what it is, everybody out there. It is the set of six. And a big thank you to WilliamHill.com and Richmond Residential, uh, you know, chipping in this year for our charity, which is the Great Walk Foundation. Without their contributions, we wouldn't be able to get money together for the Great Walk Foundation. So set of six, Brock. Tackle one, I've got here the Titans finding health and form at the right time. And they were one of the most affected sides this week. Playing the Panthers, who, despite a few little hiccups, have found a little bit of bounce. This is my match of the round heading into the weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, it's going to have the biggest impact, I think, on the top eight. So, I'd... look, I think the Titans probably have to win it. Uh, I think the Panthers can probably go one more loss. But outside yep. of that, they're going to have to go on a big run. But it's fair to say whoever loses this one is going to cop a big dent in their finals chances. But... I'm quietly confident as a Titans fan. I like the footy they're playing at the moment. I'm still not overly convinced on the Panthers. I'm not saying that I'm convinced the Titans are going to make the eight, but no. I think the winner of this will be the one to go on a run. Uh, I think the Raiders were pretty unconvincing against a poor Dragon side. So well, uh, they, all those sides, they're, they're starting to warm up, you can tell. But yep. out of those three, I think the three, realistically, there are a chance Titans, Panthers, Raiders... Only one of them, if any, are going to get into the eight. So, and that's saying that the Dragons continue to fall. So, well, it's not that's a big loss good. for them. Like going into Golden Point and losing that game. Like if they managed to jag that, they would have had the two win gap still. So, yeah, big result. It's done those teams below them a favour. So it'll be interesting this weekend. It's going to be a cracker. So, well, like, I, we're heading out there. I get the feeling there's still a chance, maybe for Penrith, like you said, to lose only because. The Dragons this weekend have a tougher game still in Manly, but after that they have like Bulldogs, mm. Newcastle, and they play the Titans as well. So there's still a few there that are really going to hurt the Dragons for these all these close games that they've dropped. Mm-hmm. I think they've only won three of their last ten now. Mm. So they're really starting to feel it. A couple of guys busted from origin. Packer went off earlier the other night. They're really struggling in the halves. They don't have that killer punch. So um, and The other thing is when you look at the ladder... The ladder's now a true reflection it's, of where everyone is, is because is. all the buys are Let's just taken put, into account. We so. can put it out there right now, though. The Dragons are the only team that are left, well, to me, to secure their spot. I think the Eels are a chance of slipping out. but Yeah, I don't see it happening. Yeah, right. they're going to have to go on a bit of a losing streak. But outside of that, I think Cowboys and up, everyone's in. Mate, the Cowboys are my tackle, too. And I said this weeks ago, and people may or may not agree with me, I said I thought they were a bit of a dark horse maybe to go to the Final Four. 
and knock somebody off, but I continue to be impressed. No Scott, no Thurston. They've been heavily origin affected. The growth in particular in the spine of Michael Morgan's developed into one hell of a player. But to Jag, tomorrow, Martin, circumstances aside, whatever happened there, whether it's true, whether it's not true, they've picked up a quality half mid-year. Greenville, I think Paul Green's finally realised the mistakes he made last year, benching him so much. He's been outstanding again, playing big minutes. And yeah. Lachlan Coote, after a poor end of last year, poor start to this season, all those guys have pulled their socks up. Tamalolo, massive on the weekend. Scotty Bolton, uh, just ageless. Gavin Cooper, so many players in their team. I stick by what I said the other week. I honestly wouldn't surprise me if they knock somebody off and got to a prelim final. I, I, I don't think yeah. they can win the comp, but honestly, on their day, I wouldn't surprise me with what they've gotten there and the development since Thurston's out if they pulled themselves in a position like that and upset somebody. I think they could get to a preliminary final. Yep. I, I think that's their ceiling. That's I agree, yeah. but I'm just I, saying. I, I think really... And it's hard to know because Melbourne are streaks ahead of everyone, in my opinion. I think the rest of them are sort of, it's a week-to-week proposition. There's not many teams that are really, really consistent outside the storm, in in my opinion. In terms of their performance, teams yeah. might win, but I, I still don't think their performances have been ultra-consistent. Yeah. So. Well, again, we get a true reflection now on the run home. There's no more origin yeah. effect. There is injuries for well, some Well, everyone's teams, got seven games left. Everybody's so. back on track, so you'll get a real you, form Just line. look at the loss loss column. You know, like you've got Penrith on nine. Raiders, Warriors, Titans, Dogs, all on 10 losses. So they can afford two if they're lucky. Two more losses out of the seven if they're lucky. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're of the opinion it might be 13 that gets you in. So Yeah. Uh, tackle three, and you touched on it before, and I agree. The Raiders' season, it is on life support. They found one of a, a win, finally, in a close fixture. But let's be honest, the next two weeks, they've got to play the Storm and the Sharks. I don't see them coming up with two wins. Uh, the Dragons may keep losing, but I think the Titans and Penrith, Whoever wins that, like you said, has the better chance of going on. So, um, I know a lot of people were trumpeting their chances straight after that. I really don't see how the Raiders, the way they've been playing, and Papali now being suspended, the next two weeks could go play possibly the Sharks and the Storm, I'm pretty sure it is, mm. and find two wins, or at least one win. I, I don't, they, need, they need one of those two. It's going to be very hard, though. Mm. And they're, they're already chasing, which is my main point. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Me either. I, I think even with that win, that things are highly stacked against them. And it, they were unconvincing on Friday night. Well, so. who's kicking second and third tackle so many times? What yeah. the fuck is going on there? I, I get it. And I understand it's pretty obvious right now that there's a divide that we talked about within the camp. They swapped sides of the halves. The excuse for that's to get Austin away from Leilua. That still didn't really fix anything. Josh Hodgson was just kick-happy on his own. It's, it's a, basically acknowledging that there <clears> is a problem. 100%. There's just a disconnect like we've said about the halves and the nine, clearly. Because yeah. Hodgson was so kick-happy it wasn't funny. Caesar's the only one that seems to show some improvement and is playing some half-decent football. But, again, when everyone's pulling in a different direction, it's very hard to take control of the game. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I, I don't just don't see it. Tackle four, more one that you brought up last night, and this is your one. It's the Dugan and Ferguson incident uh, where they reckon they've gone for a drink. I've seen today, and I can... <clears throat> how do I phrase this correctly? Well, it's back, back page news today. It's come out. I understand Dugan's owned it, basically said they did. They had a couple of beers with mates, lay off it. I know it's probably not a binge drinking session, and I know the ex-players, which is probably more what I was going to agree with, but in a different light. Players have said a couple of beers with some friends is harmless. I get that, but we haven't won in so long. Just the appeal of it, their past, their history, the fact their roomies, the fallout now from Origin, and then again agreeing with what one of the players said, two beers or not, whatever it is, it's simple, straightforward, take that out of that's bullshit. Simply not ready to play. But I think they're lying anyway. They didn't go there and have two beers. Bullshit. Well, if you're going to drink two, why drink any? Yeah, that's my whole point. It's... I don't. I don't get it. Look, like 
you can't come from a bloke. I do the city to surf, which is a fun run, and I won't drink for a month up and up before that run because I just want to do it properly. I want to do it to my potential. These guys are playing in the biggest state of origin game ever. Yeah, probably on their last chance in terms of you know sewing up a, a position for you know in the long term, and they fucking go drinking on Friday. Yeah. Like, what sort of level of commitment? Like, you can't tell me that any Queenslander would no. have been out on the piss that late before the game. Like, it just it tells me everything I need to know about where the New South Wales side is at at the moment. And I'm sorry, this has got to fall back onto Laurie Daly. Yeah. It's got to fall back onto management. I know these guys are adults, and I know that, you know, in the end, they are responsible for what they do, but... Too much freedom, though. Yeah, it's not too much <clears throat> freedom, but you need to give them some parameters, you know? Like... Who, who who thought it was a good idea for them to travel 45 minutes to an hour down to some pub with mates to be drinking? Like, didn't, did they not think that anyone would see them? Did they not think that that would get back to the coach? That's my main issue. That it's you, just you, dumb. Think you can be that level, and they play for Australia together. You think you can just walk into a pub, even if it is somewhere a little more secluded to the norm, and I know football is not for everybody, but... Uh, I just it's just dumb and again I know that I can get the side of where people go and well, then the ex-players are all defenders out of them and he had two drinks whatever and I understand the other side of it William Mason I think is the one who framed it drinking or not that has no effect on it simply not ready not accountable for mm. the game like all of New South Wales and I agree with that too but the main thing is of all people these two blokes both yeah, fired man. drinking together formally biggest game like you said massive pay packets Australian representatives already had trouble in an origin camp before when they went out in the drink and Fergo had his incident before Yeah, of all the two people would have think again that someone mainly what, what you're getting at would not put a call in whether they have one beer or any just what before bother? origin just don't do it you can have a beer at After. fucking 9 o'clock on, or 10 o'clock After. on Wednesday night when you're not drink as many play. beers as you want exactly and that's just it That's, just shows yeah. me how dog shit that the culture is within that side. Yeah. That there's not a level of commitment enough to go. You know what? It's not appropriate. Yeah. You and know, I just. It's, you know, we used yeah. to with our C grades under nineteen club kids, ban them from the drink for, in the finals. And we only drank when we beat and anybody, when we won. Anyone out there from a Penrith side of things? If we beat, <clears throat> apologies again about the voice. Say Glenmore on that. No offense to some of the teams that would get mercy ruled. If we beat St Mary's, who are generally the big gun, yeah, that was a night the other bigger night. And then most yeah, of the other you ones celebrate your wins, yeah, but we told them for some of those other games. No offense to those other teams that weren't that great. Well, you, games you're expected yeah, to win, you don't celebrate. You don't drink those. No. But well, you celebrate them, but you don't. Yeah, go overboard. You go have dinner together, etc. But yeah, yeah I don't finals. get it. The culture shit, and it is. I also, if I'm someone like a Boyd Cordner who was busting his ring in order to be able to play, yeah. just to be fit to play, and then you got guys here who are just going out and showing zero regard for the team culture or the team. Overall, it's really, really poor. My other issue as well, I heard a few people go, well, what's Boyd Coordinate? Like, you know, what, what could he do at this? He's a leader. Why didn't he tell, well, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to be an octopus and have 17 arms and be everywhere and keep track of everybody? They should have put things in place more, what you said before. If they're going to have free time, be... This di- is what you can do. This is what you yeah, can't do. be disciplined about it. And that's another thing, what we said about before, about having ex-players or friends or people like that. They need a disciplinarian <laughs> in there. Someone mm-hmm. like a Robertson, like a Bellamy, New South Wales Rugby League has to tee up some kind of package or something to one of these guys to get someone in there with some sack yeah. and actually pull this group Well, I'm together. sorry. Right now, if, I, if I'm the coach in New South Wales, Fafita doesn't play again. Um, Ferguson never plays again. Dugan never plays again in the blue jersey. Yeah. You need a, we need to draw a line in the sand yeah. and say, no, nah, that's not what we're about. See you later. We'll get someone in who's got the level of commitment that's necessary in order to win these big games. Yeah, no more $30,000 payments and bonuses and suits and all the wheeling and dealing and the profile of being a rep player. It's done. That's right. So 
Uh, I think overall, I'm just disappointed more than any. Again, just the stupidity. But but to me, uh, to be a rep player, it's not about getting the jersey. It's about what you do in the jersey. Hundred percent. The the Kiwis, the All Blacks has a, have a philosophy that when you take the jersey, you leave it in a better position than when you got it. And the, the culture at the moment from New South Wales is with no regard to the no. pro- previous players it's, that have worn that jersey. Well, it's what we've. I heard a little bit, uh, I think it was this morning maybe on the radio, I think Matty Johns touched on it, and I agree 100% with it. Queenslanders, when they get it, talk about how proud they are to represent the state and the people, but when you hear New South Wales blokes mention half the time, there's no mention of wanting to do well for the people, wanting to represent their state, something they dreamed of. I think most of them, to be honest, the way they carry themselves and the individuality and that swagger that's undeserved that we've spoke about Mm. before for so many of them, is it's another match payment, it's another strike and uh, another notch on my belt and an opportunity to boost up my contract, yeah, well, unfortunately, for most belt of them. To lose. Like, they're just, at the moment, yeah. they're, they're a lo- it's a losing culture. Well, unfortunately, Tackle 5 is another issue within that camp, and that's for Feeder versus Daly, where he yep. was told by Daly in a tactic for most people, understandable, uh, first 20 minutes or so, we're going to start with Clemmer. It's an emotional start up there in Queensland. He's an emotional guy. Meet that and then bring you off the bench. Probably yep. something that Queensland were expecting. Uh, left it a couple of days, told Feeder to keep it on the quiet, and then when he told Feeder about it... Apparently, <coughs> he told Clemmer to keep it on the quiet. Yeah, apparently for Feeder, when he was told by Laurie Daly... Blew his stack. Blew his stack, and Laurie's just simply going, all right, well, we'll leave you in then. Which, Which again, to me, highlights why he can't be He's not coach. a coach. No. Same thing again. Great bloke, awesome player, all that kind of stuff, but you're not a coach if you can't keep control of things or can't tell a bloke. Yeah. Simple, straightforward. If you're not happy to do that for your state and sacrifice it for your team, the mm. key word, the team... Especially in that environment, fuck off. See you later. Get out. Yeah. That just says all that needs to be said again. Just like those couple of guys and all the previous stuff, the way we played the other night, the body language, the attitude. I don't know how many times we can go over it, but yeah. it's just... And we'll then, move on with it, but it's just two issues that sum up basically what we said in our review. And I felt bad again, but at the same time I didn't when Sterlo was questioned about it today and he kind of confirmed it as well. Just... Yeah, it, there needs to be a clean out. Yep. And no more, like I said before, no more block, at the no top. more blocker roaches and these people hanging around or getting old people in the camp and non NRL people. No offense to all those guys, bring them in for a day or a quick chat or whatever. But all of them out of the camp. Not well, all these I think people. The first first night they're in, all the ex players should be there. Big bonding yeah. night. Get them in. Get it in. Do rough, it. Tell them about the culture and all that sort of stuff. I get that. Outside of that. No, yeah. it's about the performance. And that's the same, similar to what Queensland do. They get all the ex-players around. And again, the guys that are there have been there long-term or involved with NRL clubs. And the guys that are there on game night or in the box or doing the main stuff are <clears> NRL <throat> involved. I've got no problem with Lazo, Block, all these guys, like you said, getting into camp, doing some bits and pieces, talking. But as far as the coaching and all the staff, you we'll need genuine people that are assistants, NRL coaches, whatever, just like Queensland have done. Yep. And I don't understand why we don't get it yet. We really don't. Well... Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know either, mate. No Re- respect your past and remember your history, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I get that, but yeah, on the coaching side of things, no more of the friendship, uh, ex icons, non coaching experience. He understands origin bullshit. Let's actually get some people in there that understand football, have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in the modern day, and yep. can take control of this team. Uh, I know, like we've said a million times before, while that spines out, we're always going to struggle, but we should be doing better. It's simple. 100% we should be. And the tactics in the last two <clears throat> games particularly show that we've got no idea what's going on. Yeah. And the last one here, one from me, and you're probably not going to be happy with this as well, but let's face it, it's not looking too good that they will get a full-time coach to take the job unless, I don't know, some kind of miracle happens or they throw out some outstanding package. The realistic only two options that seem to be out there right now and the two that are being trumpeted and probably will want the job, if you had to pick one and you don't have a choice, Brad Fittler or Dean Poe? Uh, Freddie. 
Be fretting. And I'd have Dean Pay on the staff. I, so Dean his, Pay, his I know Dean Country Pay's and done. junior rep bits compared to Dean Pay doing under twenties and being full time mm. with Canberra and a couple other clubs. Yeah, but he's not a head coach. I understand that, but I guess again, like I said, at least he's been involved. I'd, I'd be honestly, I'd be happy if they if they said Joey and um, Joey and Freddie, the assistants, Dean Pay's the coach. Yeah, I'd be happy with some that. kind of package. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I don't really mind. I think Cardi's got to stay too. Yeah, well, again, I don't know. Yeah. somebody who's had their finger on the pulse. I, I, you know, I don't know what his contribution was, but yeah, uh, I bet it was a lot more as far as you know involvement and tactics or whatever as compared to what you get out of Laurie Dale and a couple other blokes have been there. Yeah, that are, don't have, like you said, don't have I their don't fingers know. on Look, the pulse. Look, it's not my job, but I just know that a coach, uh, to me, a full-time coach should have that job. An elite coach. I, I don't think Dean Pay, Freddie Fitler, or Andrew Johns have proven themselves as elite coaches, and that's. That's with no offence to either, no. any of those guys. I just I look at it and go, this is a big time, big yeah. boy job. You need someone who's got their fingers on the pulse. Um, I'd I'd do anything I could to get Gus out of retirement. I like, and I mean, too. we keep going back to Gus because every time we said he seemed to get in this lull, but he's the only man that seems to be able to get us out of it. And the only problem I have there, and I get him if he comes back and fixes it for twelve months, what happens afterwards? It just falls no, down. No, I think again, if that's... you're going to get you're going to get him, you have to get him for four years well, to think... re- redo all of it. And Joey and Freddie have to be his assistants. With all the Penner stuff, though, does he have the time? That's my question. Like he's... Oh, I do have the time. He's got the time. He's got a higher seat up there and a lot of finger. You know, he's fingering a lot of pies as far as the running of the day to day at the club, I guess. But yeah. surely that's in a good enough position now where he could probably spare that, whether he wants to. Like we've said before, I don't think he does. But yeah. um, that's the set of six. Before we do the fan questions or game reviews, we'll jump in and quickly do our power rankings for this week. And uh, It was a six-game round, but honestly, for me, there wasn't a whole lot of change. My number one in the power rankings is still the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, me too. Uh, my number two remained the Roosters. Okay. Mine's still the Sharks. I, I bumped them up. Um, I know they were disappointing, but... I just think they've got a lot more to give than what they're showing at the moment. Yeah, well, they're getting out of that flat spot now. Five and players got, involved. Uh, I've got the Roosters at three. Yeah, well, I've got the Sharks at three. Disappointing on the weekend, but we saw them be disappointing during the Origin period. Then hammer the Roosters when they had a week off and had everyone back together. Yeah, so. They're uh, they're also the three teams that so far I've locked in. Yeah, and uh, I've got Manly, Melbourne, Sydney. I'm, we're going to lock in a fourth. I will lock in Cronulla as well as my fourth team. This week, but uh, moving on to number we'll four. We'll do that at the end. But right, yeah, well, yeah. My number four is the Broncos. Yeah, me too. Uh, scrappy again, but a couple of guys out, a couple of guys injured and missing. <laughs> Big effect, origin period, home stretch now. Yeah. Number five, Manly for me. Uh, again, finding a way to win, being really, really good and yeah. overcoming injuries again. I've got the Cowboys at five and then I've got Manly at six. Yeah, well, I got the Cowboys at six. Very, very impressed. Uh, running nicely and four guys back from origin again. That effect is over now, so home Agree. run. Uh, Eels at seven. Yeah, that didn't change for me. And I've bumped in the Panthers at eight. I've left the Dragons, even though I'd rather have Penrith in there, but that's purely on the fact that you know they're still a win away and I don't know. I haven't looked at the for and against. Yeah, but yeah, obviously this weekend is another thing I'm taking into account because I'm going to be tipping the Titans to be yeah. honest. Well, and I've got the Titans at nine, so if the Titans win this week, to me they're going to be eighth in the power rankings next week. Yeah, so. and, and they were the reasons I didn't put them in because I feel that the Titans may do the number this weekend, and I'll talk about it later. But I think some of the team changes for Penrith, whether they are going to happen or not, I don't agree with them mm. for this weekend. Yeah, game. I agree, and that's why I think they may lose their bundle, but. All right, locked we're gonna, in. We're going to lock and cut. So so far, I've locked Storm Roosters Sharks. Who have you locked so far? I locked Mel, uh, Storm Roosters, and I'm pretty sure it was uh, Manly. Okay, so who are you going to lock this week? You're I'll lock, lock the, the Sharks, Sharks this time. All right, I'm going to lock in the Broncos. Yep. Uh, uh, and as far as gone, we both had Newcastle Tigers. 
And I I, uh, I cut the Bulldogs. I cut South. I'm pretty sure I couldn't remember. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cut South this week. So yeah. I've so far I've got Souths, Dogs, Knights, Tigers all cut. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cut the Warriors. Johnson's <coughs> gone, so I'll <coughs> cut them loose now. Yeah. So if we update that, um, what have we got here? I've locked in the Storm, Roosters, Sharks, and Broncos, and I've cut the Knights, Tigers. Bulldogs and Rabbitohs. Yeah, well, I've locked in Storm, Roosters, Sharks, Manly, and I've cut the Knights, the Tigers, the Rabbitohs, and the Warriors. Right, yeah. All righty, well, there's your power rankings. We'll do another two next week, and then from every week on after that, I think we'll go one a week. Yeah, well, we're so, getting to that point, aren't we, where yeah. we can almost draw conclusions. The, the table's unfortunately worked out that way, so yeah. there's not a whole lot left to the imagination for everybody out there, but that's just the way it is. But I think before we do... The fan questions, uh, we'll jump in and do the game reviews, I think, yep. because game reviews obviously are wrapping up a, a shortened round and shouldn't be too much involved in that. So we'll kick it off straight away with the first game of the round, which was the Panthers versus the Warriors, 34-22. to 22. Uh, Honestly, to start with, it was pretty back and forth, and uh, I expected the Warriors to be up for this one, considering it was Manu Vatavai's last game. Um, he's been you know, a bit of a stalwart for the club, playing since 2004. Long career, but obviously, you know, a couple of injuries the last few years, a couple of young guys emerging. It was the right time for him to be moving on, but uh, it was a bit of the same, same as you'd always expect, to be honest. They were given their best opportunity when Harawira and Naira got binned. They scored a couple of tries, but as soon as Johnson went off the field, as they usually do, they find it out, and they found it out, and they just capitulated. Yeah, they were poor. I think that was the last roll of the dice for them. Home, uh, Manu Vaduvai's final game, a lot of emotion. They they had a lot to play for. Yeah, and they, uh, they dropped and, it. And they, yeah, they were poor. It was it was all for the, there for the taking. And uh, as usual, like I said, every year, they usually try to find something. If something goes wrong, that's enough. As soon as Johnson went off, they just bailed out at that point. Yeah. Uh, full respect to Cleary, outstanding game. Given the reins, um, we've spoke about this at the start of the year, that Tyron May... Him in the halves kind of made sense to us without yeah. Moylan there. Uh, I think Moylan, I, you know, my, my theory is more what I said at the start of the Him at fullback, May at six, him there. I, the one for me that's still glaring, and I don't know, he's still playing first grades, Wonga Blake. Yeah. That drop off the kickoff was comical. The bomb try, he was over, and then he just tried to power slam it with one hand. Just put it down with two hands. Yeah. It's not rocket science. So I, I still stand by what I said uh, that I think Moylan playing in the halves. As much as it's a good thing, for some reason, Cleary hasn't been in full control this year, and I don't understand why. Yeah. And that the other night was the first time he had full control of the kicking, fifth tackle options in the game. Things worked out nicely for Penrith. He yeah. ran the football a lot. Kicking game was good. Uh, and with Moylan coming back this week, uh, I, I hope that uh, Griffin finally wakes up to basically what I'm saying. Moylan shouldn't have full control. He should just pop his head in now and then. Uh, too much Oztag touch uh, football bullshit. Running the ball on the last tackle a few weeks, he's been caught with it six or seven times. Clear he's got to be in control. Agree. Yeah, agree. Totally. Yeah. Um, and the other one that pissed me off, him benching Campbell Gillard. I don't know if, it, even if it was tactical for a bit of a fire up. <clears throat> if you start slow and you get behind, he's not going to save you off the bench. And luckily for them, they were able to claw their way back in, and that was ended up being the case. But he's been their best player, their best forward all year, um, along with Harrow and Iron since yeah. he's got in there. Harrower and I misses a tackle, makes an error. Got been like he did the other night, but seven tries in a, you know small amount of games for a young bloke who's come from Cup. Him and Campbell Gillard to me. And Campbell Gillard, we go to Origin talk earlier on. Is another one of these guys. Perfect attitude for Origin. Perfect kind of front rower for Origin. Yeah. Um, somebody like him and Voney, they're the kind of guys we should be looking at. Not uh, a couple of the Mick mocks we've just had, and uh, you know just embarrassing us in game three. But uh, overall, 
I'll give Penrith a tick in the box, but the main one is the Cleary factor that stood out for me. And May finally getting his debut, I think he justified the talk that we put on him. Mm. Uh, Warriors season over. But yeah, um, what else can you say? Johnson's going to be out. They'll, he, he'll be ready for the World Cup apparently, which is all well and good. Uh, six to eight weeks, it's a PCL injury, but the Warriors disappoint again. Uh, I'll give a rap Terrible, to, the, yeah. to the same guys I always give a rap to. And that's Simon Mannering. I think he was outstanding again. And I thought Isaac Luke again played a half-decent game and his form has been a lot better. But, yeah, probably too much to uh, claw back at this point in time. But a massive congratulations to Manu Vatabai. 250-plus games, 150 tries. He's had an outstanding career uh, at times. Some comical games and a lot of errors, but you can't question his effort. And I tell you what, you just don't want to stand in front of him. If there was anyone you had a one-on-one with and it was a wing, he's the last bait you want coming at you. And the fact that sometimes you got two or three guys and still got into the corner... Um, phenomenal player for a long period Well, I think he's uh, the first player to ever score 10 or more tries in 10 consecutive ten seasons. seasons. So yeah. he's going to be remembered for a long time. Uh, physical specimen. He probably set the trend, I think, a little bit for clubs trying to recruit bigger bodies yeah. that are a bit faster. Like, think Sammy Radradra. Um, these sort of builds, they all come on the back of the platform that Marnie Vadivai laid um, throughout his career. So, yeah, great career. Yeah. Oh, it's sad to see him go, but... It's the right you time. understand, right time for the Warriors, right yeah. time for him. It let him go and get some money overseas. Money, injuries, yeah. and like I said before, no offence to the Super League, but the standard is a bit lower. He'll, he'll last over there compared to over here. Um, yeah. He's been struggling a bit physically. So Salford's not a bad place to be heading at the moment anyway. They're not playing too bad at football. Yeah, oh, they're going real well. A few characters yeah. as well. Todd Carney and a couple of other folks oh. over there. So, oh, uh, mm. I think Rangy Chase is there. So, uh, I think he got shipped out. Did he? He signed with Witness or someone else, I think. Well, the owner is the is the biggest character yeah. over Martin there. Kukash. Uh, Dr. Kukash. <laughs> oh, so. Jesus. Well, love it. Moving off that one, you got the Raiders versus the Dragons, 18-14. Uh, they got away with this one last minute, but let's be honest, this is one of those 50-50 games they haven't been able to win, and I think they just played a team that honestly doesn't have the killer punch. And we've talked about it at the start of the year. We had them in our bottom four. Um, we said their best point of attack was obviously their forward pack, playing simple. They did that, but like all smart NRL teams do, they do video, they break things down. Everyone realised if you slow down the pack, McInnes can't run. Pressure goes on the halves. Widop's the one with all the responsibility. Um, their forwards keep turning up and doing a job. Yeah. It's rewind. Rewind yeah. two years. This is how they made the eight. Exactly. They finished similar position. They relied on their defence. They've got a great defensive record. And, good and their attack's pack. limited. Yeah. yeah. Similar. Similar and thing. So. Same thing the other night. Vaughn, massive return, 200-plus <laughs> metres. DeBellin, huge game. Like, you know, 197 metres. He was more creative than McCrane. And I go by what I said last week. I'd play him at six for the rest of the year. Go forward heavy. I'd bring in Can't argue with Blake Laurie. Or McCrane's gone. Can't and he's not that. helping with that. He's hindering. Widop, you've just earned yourself a million-dollar contract after being on the outer. Show us why. you got the money. Mm. Kick him to a victory. Just strangle team. Simple. If I'm McGregor, I'm going and I'm saying, look, this is how it is. For the rest of the year, extra forwards, heavy set. DeBell and Chippy now and then, bar that run. Widop, guide the side. We're not going to blow teams off the park, but we're damn sure going to belt the crap out of them. Yeah. And I'd rather that than play error-free and complete and just strangle sides. Because, like I said, uh, Sims even. Sims is playing some good football as well since the middle of the year, but they certainly rolled up their sleeves. Nano McDonald and that, but they just don't have the finishing touch. Yeah, They should have blown the candles out in that cake so many times the other night, but they gave Canberra a chance. It was an intercept. Uh, make of it what you will, and then a 40-20, but they lost. Simple yeah. as that. Three of your last ten, they're hurting. Frizzell, uh, Packer went off earlier. There's a few question marks heading to this week, um, but very disappointing. And uh, Canberra, again, I know their fans, you probably feel a little bit good about things, but I'm still I'm not convinced. There's problems there. Switching Austin and season sides of the field helped a little bit, but it hasn't cleaned it up. Defensively, they're still piss poor, particularly on the edges. They had 40 missed tackles, 
and there's a complete disconnect, as I've said all year, between the spine. Yeah. Both halves, the nine. Jackie at the back's trying hard, but he's making a few errors again. His running game's good, but the ball playing's not there. But the amount of early kicks in the set killed me. I have no idea what you're doing kicking second, third tackle, inside 20. Build pressure. Just stupid, loose plays like that and ill-discipline. And um, the one that's going to hurt again now is Papali. Later on in the game there, obviously that shoulder charge, he's probably going to miss a few weeks, so that doesn't help either. Yeah. And then they've got to go play Melbourne this week. Uh, Good luck. Nice to finally see Dave Taylor get some minutes. Dave! I watched him in cup and he's been killing it, but a few people have said, why is he not playing? He's had like calf problems and some back injuries. And No offence to you know <clears throat> Priest, Hunt, Sorensen, all these guys have used for 10 minutes. They're wasting their time. If Dave Taylor's fit and healthy like he had been a few times, now. you've got a former international origin player who can make an impact for 10, 15 minutes. You well, take... I think he got the bench right. He Baptiste, Bateman, Taylor, Tapon. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's for the rest of the year yeah. if you're healthy. Um, but... All those other guys that were there, they were getting not much and out the, of them. The thing is, they've got no injuries. No, they don't. They've, they've got, got no, no excuse. In, they've got no excuse, man. So it's that's what makes it even more disappointing. But the big thing for me, again, is just that disconnect that I spoke about. Hodgson, Caesar, and Austin are all on playing in their own game. Yeah. Um, Caesar's the one who's actually, like I said, coming good after a long period of struggle. But Hodgson in particular, I'm, I'm just blown away how far backwards he's gone this year. And the amount of times he tried to put that left foot grabber through... It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the early kicks really, really bothered me. So, hard one coming up from them against Melbourne. Uh, the Dragons, they got Manly, so not much easier. But, yeah, their season's reeling right now. So, they need to grab a hold of it. Quick smart. Broncos, Newcastle, 34-22. Same story another week. What can I say? They were tough in the first half, as they always are. Ripped right in. Um, you know, did a pretty good job. Got over the top of them, as you'd expect. A couple of changes there. Halves have been changing week to week and the bench for the Brisbane Broncos during this origin period with some injuries and bits and pieces um, that they did what you'd expect them. They come out in the second half, Wayne Bennett would have put, you know, not he doesn't yell, but he would have put things in pretty simple terms of what needed to happen when they went back out. Yeah, They scored in the first couple of minutes. Uh, similar problem for them all year, their edge defence is terrible. Monga, Roberts had a field day, in particular Moga, and he's heading there. It's now <clears> been confirmed for three seasons next year, but um, yeah, Alex Glenn... Sims, I thought, had a good game, but the way he carried on after he scored was unnecessary and just, I think that was quite grubby, to be honest. Yeah. Um, under the circumstances that he left, they let him go under better faith to take up an opportunity to go to a better club and have a chance. Um, you know, they didn't beat him down or slack whether he asked for a pay rise and they said no, which is fair enough during the rebuild, but I didn't think he needed to carry on like that. Like, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. I'll, it's just poor. Lack of respect. Uh, I'd, I'd imagine Wayne Bennett would have had a word to him. Yeah. Uh, again, I've got to give a, a rap to McCulloch. I thought Hunt and Milford were steady, considering uh, being in and out. New South Wales... Oh, sorry, not New South Wales Cup. Queensland Cup for Hunt. Milford obviously missing a bit of time. You would expect that, but McCulloch is always... Uh, I thought Solid he guided his ship. Jermaine Izarko, the former Sharks under-20s player, junior Kiwi, thought he did his job at the back. and Yeah, they, they clawed it back in the second half, and poor old Newcastle. It's just that learning experience we talk about. Oh, man. They've been in so many games and just haven't been able to close them out. But last year, they went in a lot of games. So they, yeah. they have made progression. It's going to be small steps. I actually think they're making quicker progress than what I thought. Um, um, well, I tipped them to win four games this year. So Yeah, they're getting closer to that yeah. mark. Um, I think they will. I... People are, another one, people are slamming Gagai saying, why can't he play like, you know, Queensland front? He's not playing the same kind of side. Oh, when you don't have the players around, it's, it's easy to come in on the wing there, put in the work behind a great spine and chip in and yardage because it's such a simple job. When you're trying to do everything or you're the one key standout player, along with probably Hodkinson, who I thought had a pretty good game, to be honest, uh, it's, it's a lot. And I think Ross is doing very good for his opportunity at the back as well, but 
they just don't have the cattle. There's so many kids out there. I know I say it every week, but it just is what it is. And yeah, another one I thought actually had a good game, and he's kind of been in and out. Josh King, very physical. Yeah, um, getting better. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to get better, mate. Uh, Hopefully, they do get jag a few wins before the end. Bennett's comments. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on when he was giving advice, considering he's the guy that basically left the place in. I tatters. thought it was good advice, but, but he the, should be the last person giving it. The Nathan Brown part is the one I applaud. He's 100 yeah. percent right in saying that they. Shouldn't be getting rid of him, and he's doing a good job. So I'll, yeah. I'll give him that. But yeah, I also think they they shouldn't get into the habit of overpaying players. So if they they That's... go about a money value for Gagai that they were comfortable with, and and South blew that out of the water, then yeah. so be it. Well, so I have to it. explain this to people. These are roughly the figures I've been given, right or wrong. This is simple as this: he had an option for next year in his favour. It was six hundred thousand dollars, which yeah. I think is about on the money if you're a centre winger, especially yeah. if you're playing centre. Yeah. If he's playing fullback, I can have a different discussion with you. Yeah, he's probably worth eight hundred. Souths come in with about seven fifty, and they didn't want to pay him that. And in that side, they don't need a centre right now. The other the other side of it is is that Souths would have third parties into that. Newcastle exactly. at the moment are just they don't handcuffed. They don't have it. But honestly, in that so it's not a level playing field from that perspective. A centre's not fixing their problems right now. Though. They need spine players and a couple of front rowers. Forwards are the key. Like paying seven fifty or paying overs to keep a centre winger is not fixing your problems. But it's also important for people to know that it that's what it's not a level playing field. It's not this a level is playing why field. They're probably paying the same amount for Gagai on the cap. Yeah. But South have the power of third parties and great business support but and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of money. This also goes to back what we said before. What Bennett did there. This dilutes your future if you spend too much on this position and then somebody it throws everything out of whack. Yeah. This is what they've just cleaned up. So as much as I like him, yeah, you don't he, want to then handcuff yourself yeah, to something else. Yeah. He is younger. He's not in a key position spot. If I'm paying that money, I want a prop. Well, especially or a when half. they've tipped a lot of cash into Ponga. Yeah, exactly. So, he's so not, he'd have a money value for, as you said, centre winger, and that's what he's going to have to be. Yeah. And they already had him, like I said, on a pretty decent contract. They've got a young kid there as well, Meany, who's quite handy. So, Well, they, I, I wondered last week if he'd get another look in. He's, like I said, 20s eligible, playing cup, made residence, which means he's well ahead of where he's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I watched him on the weekend. I thought he went well. Physically, he's not massive, but I thought he might have got a game by now. Hmm. Uh, he still hasn't. So I don't know if they don't want to burn him or not, but I thought a game or two considering, wing. considering the year he's had, though, and hmm. he's played residence, still 20s eligible. That's saying that at 19, you're better than every fullback in New South Wales Cup technically that season. That's a pretty big accolade yeah, for yeah. a 20s kid. So, um, yeah, I'd just so keep your heads up. They're, they're worried about that, him leaving $750,000. I wouldn't pay that much for a centre. No. That's not what they need right now. No, let's move um, on. So, Next game. Yeah. Uh, what we got? We got your mob. Titans over the Sharkies. And uh, you know what? I wasn't awfully surprised by this. No, me either. The score line, maybe, but I thought they'd win. I'm surprised we got 30 points in the conditions. I, I said it when we did the tips last week. We didn't have the lineups, but I was pretty confident that if you were healthy and it was up there after Origin, you have a chance. And I wish I did tip them now like you did, 30 to 10. Healthy and hunting, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You had 10, 12 guys from your top squad missing. They were barely putting a team together. You get all these guys back. And the other thing I love afterwards, and Taylor basically summed it up, him and Roberts, they got that natural ability. They got a bit of instinct of... Best mates off the field right now. And no offence to Kane Elgy, great player. Struggled to come back from his injury. But at this point in time, I can't see him come back into the side as long as those two are playing the way they're playing. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, and Ash Taylor, like you said, in those conditions, absolute masterclass. Running that right foot kicking game. He's got an outstanding kicking game. And Kevin Proctor must have felt nice the other night. That's the first time this year I've seen him get a few nice shapes and get some good service on that. Yeah. So that would have felt more like the Melbourne days. And the smile on his face when he crashed through that hole, that would have felt more familiar to him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a disjointed season for the Titans, obviously, through, for a variety of reasons. But play, I was confident, players on the field. I was just confident as well because we, we've got points and we tend to 
We tend to defend Cronulla all right. Like, we're a bit of a bogey side for Cronulla. I don't know why, well, but... You are. Twice this year, in the first half, they had 60% of the pill, and you kept turning them away. And then in the second half, uh, I think they had three or four sets in a row, then you held on, and then Bird dropped the football. You went down the other end and pretty much scored straight away. So. Yeah. You did a real good job turning them. Well, away. I was at the I was at the Arsenal game, the soccer with uh, my father-in-law, and uh, I, I said to him when it was ten nil, I think it was 10, 10 nil or sixteen nil. I said, "Well, that's enough to win, like in those conditions, because well, we could see it on see it on the screen. We only saw bits and pieces of it in the members at ANZ, but Mate, um, I, I thought, yeah, like in those conditions, sixteen points is going to be enough to win. That to move the dropouts for Christ's sake, because the puddles under did the that? post were so big that the yeah. ball would literally just flop in it. Okay, I've got the game on record. I, I plan on watching it. I've obviously seen the highlights and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I will say, and I'm not blowing it up at all. The conditions definitely helped. Oh, I thought um, it would have helped the Sharks. I, I did too, and especially with Maloney missing. Um, but yeah, in in the end, I think it made, probably made it a little bit easier for them to defend because it was hard to move the football. But at the same time. The Titans did really good with the football considering the conditions. Yeah. I must say, though, modern grounds are outstanding. By the second half, you wouldn't have even known it rained that bad. I looked at it and I was like, man, all those puddles are gone. Yeah. The drainage is absolutely epic, but oh, the health, that's the main thing all year. They've struggled with it. Yeah. And it may be too little too late. Who knows? But they're going to give it a red-hot crack over the next seven weeks if they stay injury-free. I think we both had them ninth or tenth purely for what we said was depth. Well, and I had them ninth, 11 and 13. So, And I think that's probably where they'll yeah. end up. My exact words at the start of the year were healthy, full strength, they could sneak into the eight, but depth would kill them, and it did for that period of time. So yeah. whether they can string a nice run together is yet to be seen. But Sharkies, no Maloney, out of origin. They're a bit <laughs> flat again. 12 errors, and they were out enthused. And honestly, it was 30-0 up until the 72nd minute. So I'm not reading into those two last tries. They they were convincingly beaten. Yeah. So uh, I expect them to bounce back this week. Manly Tigers, 28-16. to Fast start for Manly. Um, you know, they were challenged after that, though, because they flattened out, and goal kicking didn't help. That's... It was 16-12, didn't the Tigers got back to, I think? They got point. out. They did get back. And I'm, I'm not going to take away from them. They were tough, but... Let's be honest, they slowed them down. They made things a little bit ugly. Uh, one of the tries came off the ball hitting the post. The other one was Brian Kelly misjudging a kick. So I didn't think a whole lot of it was awfully creative. It was a bit of luck and a bit of effort, which you make your own luck. Yeah. That's fair enough. But once Manly switched back on, Uate's solo effort for the middle was just soft. He ran straight through him. Good run, but between McIlrick and Woods, yeah. just turnstiled and he got there. And then later on, Green and Cherry Evans combined again. Cut them to pieces and uh, the Trebojevic's. You see your future again with those two linking up and Jake scoring that try. So a, a decent 60-minute effort. But I think isn't Blake Green coming into his own in that side? Like start of the year, he copped a lot of criticism, but well, he's given, his combination is building with Cherry Evans and he's playing both sides of the field. He's doing a great job organising. Well, it's, it's given back what no one else saw before. Everyone thought that Cherry Evans was the organiser and Forum was the one who was uh, the ball runner. It was the other way around. It was, yeah. And Green from Melbourne's obviously learned that he had a very simple role. He's taken that to Manly. He I, kicks. I, 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 you know my opinion of him. He's I, a gun. I, I love him. I, I th- thought it was a genius buy from Bellamy, and it proved to be that. And I think it's a very good buy from Barrett because if anyone knows halves, Trent Barrett was one of, you know, he, he wasn't on the Johns and Fittler and uh, that yeah, sort of level. But he was though. a vet. Like, you put him in there now, he, he would have played 30 games if he was fit for New South Wales. He, he would have been picked in every, every origin in the last 10 years almost Yeah, as a half. So he, he knows halves play, and he particularly knows how... He wants his six to play. Yeah. Um, and the importance of obviously having someone that can organise and push a side around uh, to complement him. Because he was a very similar player, I think, Barrett to Cherry Evans in that he had a good running game. He could also ball play a bit. But he needed someone next to him who was pretty stable. And it's 
He's perfect. perfect. I'm going to throw it out there. I know, again, the person, Cherry Evans and what he did, we're not a big fan of, but... No, the form he's in, he's got... I, I'm... I personally, I don't rate what he did, but time, no, no, no. time heals all wounds, but and we got we... Taylor out of it and whatever. I, I just don't rate it, regardless of whether it was the Titans or whoever. Yeah. But this was the type of player that I thought I was, would have been getting, and it is disappointing to see him playing this well because in a Titans jersey, he'd be having a huge impact. But yeah. we've got Taylor there who's playing oh, not as well, but he's outstanding. He's though. playing really well. And, and look, Daly Cherry Evans is playing fantastic footy. I, uh, you know, I can, I don't have anything against Manly. I. No, I still, I still do think that they're a year off. Like I think they're going to have to make a few buys and improve cool. slightly. I think they're clearly a top eight side. From here, they probably should finish in the top four if their form can hold up and they don't get injuries and they can cruise on in. So for me, Manly have overachieved big time this year, and the clear standout, obviously Green coming in, and also Chaboyevich the Petrovich brothers getting ownership of that side. Well, I'll put it this way. They stabilised the spine, which they didn't last year, because like we said, Walker was never a yeah, six. Yeah, that was my big gripe with them last year, Walker. Coruscant passed they wouldn't make a decision. Yeah. And obviously Coruscant's proved this year why. So, And then you got Tom. So they finally pulled the trigger. You've got the spine, which obviously helps Cherry Evans. And the other things you need go forward. Last year they didn't do it. Tapio's cleaned his game up. Fanua Blake's been good. Lawrence does a job. Those few simple things, there's a foundation there. Yeah. $1.5 million missing, like I've said before, with Stuart Maddai. Spend a little bit more of that to shore up your side so you've got a bit better depth. Mm. Um, Cherry Evans has got what he needed because originally everyone's going, why is he not playing well? You can't put all the money into him and not have any pieces around it. Without any go forward or a bit of assistance, you can be as good as you want, but you still need at least a platform laid to be a controlling half. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now that he's got a few bits and pieces working for him, particularly the Trebojevic's and obviously, like I said, uh, Corus having a great year, green balancing things out, he's playing outstanding football. Exactly. Um, and that's not really a big thing, I guess, but I dare say he's making a late run at the Dalian medal with the form he's been in. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't think anyone's going to catch Smith. Well, I think they're right up his tail because he didn't get points for Origin for some reason. Oh, okay. He would have got another three the other night if they would have been scoring that. I don't know why that changes here. I'm pretty sure I read that they took points out of Origin, which is stupid. Yeah, it is dumb. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people would have caught up by now, but... Yeah, manly, good effort. Tigers, yeah, there were signs there again. I thought Wins and Tedesco backed up pretty well, but... Um, I basically just look at the rest of this year as it has been. Play Twile, play Masters, play these guys because you've basically got a whole new side next year. Find out what's good, what's bad for who's left off contract and just continue to, you know, clean out your side and sign up a couple of young blokes. I haven't seen Watson Halita yet. I'm considering that may mean he's been moved on or might be part of the second tier setup. But um, if there's anyone left that clearly thinks he wants to try it, that's the goal as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And the last game we have here, North Queensland versus South. Uh, I don't have to say a whole lot, except I was impressed again by the Cowboys. Everyone backed up. The growth of Michael Morgan was the big thing we talked about. First few weeks, he struggled. I think Paul Green must have said, you need to step up. You've got freedom. Do whatever you want. Don't play that one side of the field. Don't run. Be like you were in the 20s. Be the main man. Yeah. Uh, he's played left. He's played right. Ball playing's evolved. The running. The kicking game's more impressive to me than anything, because he didn't really kick a lot there with Thurston for obvious reasons. Hmm. Um, but I didn't know he had that sort of array no, of he kicks. Step, step right up. Playing and the other awesome. one's Granville. I think Granville... He underappreciated or maybe didn't use him correctly. We weren't happy with the way he gave him minutes last year and he fell out of the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. With Thurston getting hurt, a couple of these backup nines and Josh Chudley, a young gun 20s player, getting hurt. It's given him the minutes, but I think he's proven to Green probably, you know, that 2015 was no fluke. He's not only an impact player, but he can play big minutes. He more than holds his own in defense. He's wiped a few blokes. So I think Green's got enough respect now and kind of looked at him and thought, well, maybe you are an 80 minute hooker yeah. or at least a 60 minute hook. Like, I'm going to give you the lion's share of the minutes. But the growth from those two, and then Coote, who had a bad ending last year and a bad start to this year, they've all stepped up. 
they're sharing the ball playing, and it's not easy, even though Thurston's out, to kind of pinpoint him or find him anymore because all these guys are sharing the load. Yeah. Martin was a smart year pick, uh, smart mid-year pickup as well. He'll only get better. The forwards kept doing their job, and I thought Tamalolo has been carrying a lot of the burden. He had a huge game, uh, obviously, on the weekend. But South Sydney, what do you say? That Their season's over. Yeah, it's been a pretty bad one. They're in the same boat as the Tigers to me. Fui Marino, a couple of these young kids, Crichton. Give him a run. Um, he apparently has a stress fracture. I wouldn't keep playing him. No, if that's the case, fix him. They're telling that him that he has the option to keep playing. I'd just be simple. I don't care. You're young. We're done. Heal. Yeah. It's over. Just blood everyone. Play Musgrove. Play all these guys. Clear out some dead wood. Keep trying to pick up some players if there's anything left on the market that you're interested in. But, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there's definitely a few guys that need to be moved on there. And <clears throat> it's just one of those days. There was, you know... 40 missed tackles, 14 errors. They were very poor. And there was five Burgess errors combined, but uh, prototypical. Yeah, it's a game they could have won, but... Yeah, they started fast and then just... It. Yeah, they got picked apart by a better Cowboys side, so... Pretty much. That pretty much uh, wraps up the reviews of the game. So you've got them, you've got our power rankings, set of six questions. We now move on to your fan questions. And I've got to apologise. There was a couple of questions the other week in the inbox that I forgot about. So I've messaged back a couple of our loyal listeners... Um, so we'll kick those off here. First one is Lawrence Kelson. Sorry about that. He said, just a question, uh, what obligations do the to- are the dogs, the Tigers, Eels, and other teams have to play at larger stadiums, ANZ, etc., rather than suburban grounds? Because 6,000 ANZ just ruins the atmosphere, <laughs> even if the game is a cracker. Also, a great podcast. Uh, well, they get a massive, mm. massive kick-off for playing at the stadium. So they're locked in to play there. They get about 100K <laughs> per game. So they're automatically making money. If they go to Leichhardt or some of these suburban grounds, they'll often lose money. So yeah. it's a purely a financial decision. And from a club perspective, when we know that a lot of clubs are struggling to even break even, it makes sense from a financial point of view. From a spectator point of view, uh, from a comfort standpoint, you're probably better off being at ANZ because you've got all the facilities there, yeah. uh, the parking. <clears throat> it's obviously not a great place to watch footy if there's only 6,000 there. We all know that. And... We don't particularly like going there when it's only for those smaller games. But uh, from a comfort standpoint, it makes sense. But from an atmosphere standpoint, there's nothing better than going to a suburban ground and having yeah. it be packed out. Well, so. it's as simple as money, um, but, yeah. unfortunately. But I think I've spoken about this before. When they take a game to Leichhardt, the Tigers, and a few of them have spoke about it, after security, food, concessions, everything they put in, sometimes they lose 50 grand all around that month. They yeah. go to ANZ, they get a guaranteed profit regardless of who attends. It uh, doesn't seem unfair maybe to the fans and the care factor, yes, but at the same time, uh, I hate saying it, but NRL clubs are businesses. So they will do whatever they can to try not be in the red and not lose money. And most of them do lose money, unfortunately. So um, they'll do anything they can to avoid that. Jake Cameron, uh, he's another one that I have to apologise to. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, my bad. He says, I'm starting to think people are forgetting about Darren Lockyer, which I find unbelievable. All this talk about future immortals from Queensland, his name is being mentioned less and less, which is a joke. Keep up the great work, fellas, and who are your favourite UFC fighters? Well, I'll tell you what, I agree with this, because I know I'm a big Smith fan, but honestly, uh, Smith, Thurston, Slater, I think these guys are all immortals and they're going to have their time, because mm-hmm. in particular, I think two of them are the best to ever have played those positions, and that's in my lifetime, but you hear a lot of older guys say that as well about Smith and Slater. Thurston's exceptional as well. Is he as good as Joey? I'm a pretty big fan of Joey. I don't think I've ever seen a better competitor, though, than Jonathan Thurston. Um, but Darren Lockyer, I don't think you can understate what he did. This is a guy who won a golden boot as a 5'8 and as a fullback. And he played, he has currently played the most games ever. He won you know, four comps. He was outstanding. 
355 games, Australia, Queensland, his caps numbers like for that are up with Cameron Smith kind of numbers as well. Mm. So I don't think he's, he's been forgotten, but if you're going well, off the chronological order or the way things should be working, Jake, I completely agree, mate. If someone's going to be the next immortal uh, before those few guys, I think Lockyer, if you're up to this point in time, is the man. Yeah, well, the concept's been bought off Rugby League week by the NRL, so I expect to see a revamp in how the Immortals are selected. Uh, look, I, I, I'd i like to see a sort of move to the AFL standpoint where you sort of have the Hall of Fame and then you have, I think they have a Legends Room or something it's called, and one in every ten can go into there. Um, I'm not too sure. The, the Immortals concept... Like, if the last one was Andrew Johns, does that mean that we're now picking someone in chronological order after Andrew Johns? I don't necessarily like that. I think there's a there's a slew of players, uh, you know, from yesteryear, prior to the... The concept started in 1981, so prior to those initial inductions, there's a lot of players that were probably deserving prior to that. Um, there's also players that you could argue were worthy of selection prior to Andrew Johns as well, so... It's a difficult one. Uh, are, are we keeping it as in a really, really elite group? Uh, either way, I, I tend to think that Lockyer should be in there purely because of the way, um, well, how many games he played. Well, he's incredible played the most games, games ever. He won four premierships, captain yeah. Queensland, his country, yeah. World Cups, Tri-Nations, Origin Series. Yeah. He was a golden boot winner in two separate positions. So I don't think like, the argument is uh, is if, but the argument is when. He, so, and I don't know yeah. because we seem to chop and change and there's no real order <clears throat> or plan in terms of how they're named. It just seems to be a bit willy-nilly. But I, I now expect that the NRL has taken over that concept that there will be some structure put to it. Yep. Uh, the only other one we had in here was Dave Watson, and his was more around the penalty tries. I apologise, Dave, again, but he said we kind of answered it the other week and he also loves the show, so... Good on you, Dave. But uh, other questions. Andrew Wales. Some people saying New South Wales players like passion. Gal and G-Bird had plenty of passion and only won one series. Really, I'm very over-origin and look forward to the run home. I wish Flanner had rested a few more Sharks on Saturday, but I see that game as a glitch. But congrats, Titans. Time for the real stuff. Glad there's no more origin. Yeah, I agree with all that. I agree with all of it, but at the same time, as much as Gallon that did have passion, I still think they were selfish players. Um, I think yeah. they were a little bit loose. They lack discipline. Yeah. Lack discipline. They lack discipline. Right? No problem, and I 100% agree. They were very passionate for their state, but at times they were a bit too loose, 100% like you're saying. And, like, I think Boyd Corden yeah. has got as much passion as Bird and Gallon. Yeah, probably just in, He's just not overtly in the way it's displayed. Yeah. Yeah. But he played his backside off the other night, regardless of the circumstances, so... Uh, hopefully, mate, the Sharks pull it together for you. Jaden Cecil, hey, boys, just want to know your thoughts on this year's Titans team compared to last year's. This is one for you, Boxhead. What are your thoughts on Yeah, I, look, I think right now they're in better form than the side last year, but we had more wins on the board in you know in terms of that run home. Yeah, so you limped home last year. I also think that we're probably in a better position in terms of injuries now than what we were last year as well. This time last year we also got Jared Hayne came in and I thought he really played with the cohesion of the team. Uh, so, look, I I think if the Titans miss out, it's not going to be through a lack of effort or a lack of form. I think it'll just be, you know, the Achilles heel was the start of the season and the injuries we had to kick off the season. Yep, fair enough. Mayhaw Maguire, how would England do against New South Wales? I feel like we'd beat the Blues but lose to Queensland. Also, how many of the England team would get into origin? Sam B, James Graham, Woodup would play for New South Wales and maybe Hodgson and Hall on a wing. 
Well, I disagree. As bad as New South Wales were, uh, I still think they'd beat them. You've got to remember they won game one. Game three, yeah, they weren't that impressive. In game two, they fell apart. But, uh, but the English side as a whole, I still stick to the little things that I've said before. I think they'd be able to get them uh, in the forge. James Graham, I absolutely love, but I think he, with his injuries and getting a bit older now, yeah, I think he's starting to slow down Woodock, a little bit. Woodock would probably get a run for New South Wales. Maybe at six, yeah. Hodgson on last year's form definitely would. Not this year. He's been terrible. Yeah, um, yeah on best uh, Ryan Hall, he's... Tremendous. I, like I, I like someone like Callum Watkins and those sort of players. So I, I'd agree. Look, with there'd be a handful that are slotting the New South Wales side. Would they beat New South Wales? I mean, it's a great hypothetical. It's hard to know. I think it'd be competitive. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's that's probably the problem. It's sad that we're comparing international football to state football because, by rights, the international team should always beat state teams. That's the point of having international in that tier above. But it's probably a good indication that. State of origin is the most elite level of the game. I think it's widely recognised, and that just highlights the work we've got to do with international well, football to get it up to standard. I'd say they wouldn't, but yeah, competitive. I think be competitive. Burgess would be a shoe in. Graham, not so much at this point. I think uh, while he's been great, he's got a few niggles and he slowed down a bit. Uh, Whitop in best form, maybe at six. Hodgson at best form, but yeah, not this year. And Hall, early days and still now, I know he's going great, but yeah, he'd definitely push maybe for a wing. But the only real lock would be Burgess for me. Matty Hunt, good day, boys. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. The passenger of the week and perhaps passenger of the Origin Series, <laughs> Josh Dugan. My word, this bloke continued to get exposed with his drinking buddy. A soft try doesn't undo all the errors. Dugan brings down his edge, and I feel that he and Fergo should be done with rep football, especially for the World Cup. Um, players who legitimately care about the results and want to beat Queensland don't go out drinking on their day off from camp. On a side note, I'm happy that this drinking incident, along with Fafita, refusing to comply with team tactics, will take the heat off Pierce. Thoughts on Dugan and Fergo's rep status and who would you replace them with for Blues and Kangaroos? Well, I think Dane Gagai with they're, his form and that merit side. Get, they're not going to get replaced for the Blues because they've done the job for Mal Meninga. I thought they were both great in the test match. Ruse, you mean? You said Blues. Uh, Ruse, Kangaroos, sorry. I think, um, uh, think Gagai is going in. I think Chambers is going in. Well, I hope so. And then, yeah, I think what they do for the rest of the year and what's happened may affect their spot because he's got this supposed no dickhead policy. So, I don't well, he know. also upheld those suspensions that Kevy Walters in, in, uh, yeah. imposed. So, I'd love to. I'd love to see New South Wales come out, and it's going to be hard with the speculation around the head coach in terms of a leadership in order to do this. But I'd like to see the Blues come out and ban Ferguson and Dugan for the next year's series, and I'd like to see him do the same for Feeder. So it was Darius Boy. No, he played fullback. Who who played? With Chambers. Boyd played fullback, so Boyd will go to a wing. Yeah, who, Slater will play fullback. In the Anzac test, Ferguson and, and uh, Dugan were together. Chambers was on the other side of the field with who? That's what I'm trying to remember who the other winger was. And Valentine Holmes. Val Holmes. So yeah. I reckon right there you've got three spots basically taken. If Holmes keeps playing the way he has and he played the Queensland and Chambers and I think Gagai gets in, I think there's a centre spot. That's it. Yeah, because Boyd's going to be on a wing. Yeah. So, again, I, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if Dugan and Ferguson are on that side. Maybe not, but I, I think they'd be in the squad is the point, and oh, I don't think they should be. I think maybe. I think, again, he picked Tedesco on that merit squad on the wing, and he's part of that as well. So hmm. wouldn't surprise me if they picked a couple of those guys and took them like we have before with multiple fullbacks instead of taking those two. So hmm. have to see what happens there. Diego Montoya, why should New South Wales fans care about Origin anymore? Responses from Des, Belliac, Burgess, Graham, and Darren Lockyer, please. Love the impersonations. <laughs> 
Mate, I'm going to have to sit down and do a bit of role, uh, role playing and uh, practice all these. As, as I say, uh, that's Billy. Craig, uh, as I say, go watch the Craig, Billy, uh, Craig Bellamy press conference. Yeah. Uh, oh, it as I say, love it. Uh, I'm not, not going to read a whole lot into this, to be honest. Uh, I completed well in the uh, New South Wales just need to complete their sets. Yeah. Lockie Jeez. and Graham, I have, to, I have to watch Graham and Oh, Burgess. look, we, we're going to care about origin. If we don't care about yeah. it, it's going to die. So we're going to, if, we, if we're ever going to care about it, it's now when we're hurting a little bit. So yeah. We'll keep turning uh, up. We'll keep turning up as much we, as it is. Who else you want? Sam Burgess, mate. Some sits on the panel there, on there. And I'd have to listen to James a little bit more, to be honest. James Graham. M. I know there's a lot of M's, like most of them do. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on a little bit of that for you, Diego. Daryl Parker, how come Laurie Daly is in charge uh, if he coaches again next year? Surely with his poor stats, New South Wales Rugby League should be the one deciding if he goes again. Well, that's the thing, mate. They've basically said if he wants it again, it is his, which is what I can't believe. Uh, surely they'd be looking at it and saying, you know, after a few of these bits and pieces, the tactics, and even that one series he did win, consider the circumstances, that it is time to head in a new direction, I think. I didn't Weesh. think that'd take a rocket scientist, would you? You know my thoughts on it. <sighs> David Grasso, hey boys, keep up the great work. As you guys have said before, it wouldn't have mattered what game plan or plays New South Wales would have had in place. It's the mentality of the team. How do you coach for that character over talent? Well, you can't it's teach. It's ingrained. You need you to have standards. You need to enforce them. You need to have everyone buy in. It takes a whole heap of things. Well, so. another thing sometimes, like you said, we get kids. Sometimes it's it's from day dot. It's parenting. It's the way you've been raised. It's your, like some simple things like that transfer to football and the person and the character you are. Yeah. Character something that's very hard to come by. Can some people turn things around later in life after a hard bring, upbringing or being around... Uh, the wrong circumstances. Well, and being around a leader at club level yeah. also plays a role. So, But it, it is something that is hard to teach. There's changes you can make and it's hard to coach for, but... Yeah. I also don't think it's a big shock that a lot of the time when Queensland are looking for a player, more often than not, they go to either a Brisbane player or a Melbourne player. Mm. I know they've got that advantage in that there's a lot of Queenslanders in those two sides, but they're coached by Bellamy and Bennett and they know that just been, there'll be no bullshit in terms of what they're doing at club football. so And they've also, you know, if they're, if they're getting a consistent run in those teams, they must be doing the right things off the field because both those blokes are pretty tough in terms of off-field incidents and the standards that they expect from their players. So New South Wales, we're probably a little bit more spread out. We don't really have a core from anywhere nah, but that forms our key positions or our culture. So We'll pick again. like We picked Hayne off a couple of games back purely off talent. We pick other guys off talent and reputation a lot of the time as well instead of going mm. with a toy level. Look at some of the blokes that have played for Queensland. You yeah. Know, if Alan Tung was a Queenslander, he would have played for Queensland. Mm. Dallas Johnson, Trevor Gilmeister back on it. There's a lot of guys like Matt Mould you'd look at. Tim Glasby copped at this series. He got better every time he got on the field. Yeah. And same deal as Melbourne. Melbourne's made a habit out of grabbing these nobodies that you've heard of that have good work ethic, decent characters that he can just squeeze the right amount of. Because well, he's look just... at Luke Lewis. He was the first we got rid of, and he was a, he was a player probably with the most character and the most um, integrity in terms of how he acted off the field. He never never puts a foot wrong, does he? No, nah, and we got rid of him. But, yeah, I think on the Melbourne side of things. Uh, and as a Cowboys fan, he said the pressure is off us. Well, I think we are flying under the radar. Going, going under the radar nicely. Going to be hard to go all the way, but I think we have enough talent and anything can happen. Well, I agree you're flying under the radar and you guys are doing well. I don't think they'll win it, but I'll stick by what I said before. It wouldn't surprise me if they could upset somebody and make it to the prelims, but I couldn't see them in the grand final. Mm. Uh, Sean Field, what changes do Canberra need to make for this and next year? Was last year a fluke? I think it was a fluke. I think this year the cohesion's the issue. 
yeah, well, they, they pushed some depth out because they re-signed a couple of guys. A couple of guys got comfy, and there's clearly some off-field issues. There's a bit of ego. Uh, people are pulling in different directions, and we've, like I said this week, we've seen the halves get flip sides of the field. So Look, I'll, I'll go in a little bit more depth. I also think that teams that finish the year similar to what Canberra do, like they overachieved, okay? Yeah. I also think that those coaches try and just cut and replicate exactly what they did and paste it into the next year, and you, you can't do that. You need to keep developing your game and, and progressing what you're doing. And I, I just look at Canberra and I think that they're relying a lot on what they did last year. And a lot of teams obviously look at those teams that finish up the top and work out what the strengths of those teams are. So when they play them, you've got coaches that have got four months to watch video on every side. They work out what you're doing and how it was effective. And well, we've gone over this stuff a million and... times. Hodgson's not getting out. Ricky's complaining. They're slowing down their middles. They're stopping their yeah. roll. They had a very simple game plan. They played a power game. If you couldn't stop them, he jumped out. Everyone got on the back of yeah. them. This year, everybody's simply trying to kill the roll-on. I also don't think they're getting a good a roll-on from their outside backs as what they were last year. No. Well, that's the Queensland, thing. like you look at Queensland, they were so effective with what their outside backs did. Uh, it, but Canberra, I just don't see them getting roll-ons early in the set, unless it's coming from um, Jordan Rapano. I don't see a lot of their OBs getting good, quick play the balls early in the set to get their bigger men rolling forward. Oh, random one next. Alex Willard's interested in how many fingers Hopwide is putting backsides. That's a tad strange, Alex. More than more than needed. Yeah, there you go. That's a simple enough answer for that. Daniel Friend, boys, who's your favourite player to watch at the moment? I'm loving watching Ash Taylor and Tommy Turbo. I love watching Nath Cleary because I've had a little bit to do with him. I, I got a massive buzz out of seeing Tyrone May go so well. Yeah. Had a small involvement with him, not as much as Nathan. I had Nathan in Harold Matthews. Tyrone was up at SG Ball at that point. Obviously had them both as, as a, involved in the 20s, the year we won it there at Penrith. Um, get a massive buzz out of that. But, yeah, I've, I've got to say, personally, probably Ash Taylor. I, lo- I love watching um, James Tedesco as well. I Again, I've got a man crush on him. He plays from Melbourne. I love Cameron Munster. Gun. I love yeah. Cameron Munster. And the other one, I love Jake Trevojevic, the opposite, because the bloke's and just My favourite player, Billy Slater. Yeah, he's a I'm so excited that he's back and in good form. Um, let's hope it continues for as long as possible. Fingers crossed. Andrew Pointer, do you guys have any thoughts on Fergo, Doog and Saga? Well, we've already given that. Uh, if your team could sign one player, anyone currently not in the squad to improve their performance, who would you want? That's well, a good question. No offence for Melbourne, it would be who do we need in a certain position, to be honest. I think you need a prop. If we're going to... We lost McLean and Jesse Bromwich is in great form. Well, if you're going to take a prop right you'd now... Take, you'd take Fafita. I'd, Fafita? Nah, I'd either buy Vaughn or Campbell Giller. Yeah. Um, to be honest, they're both young enough. They're both got upside. A little bit different players, but that's probably the only spot. Uh, I'm a Titans man. I'd love to see Will Chambers wearing a Titans jersey, playing centre for the Titans. He's a good footballer. I love him. He's an absolute And I think he'll give, he'd give the Titans a little bit of defensive starch, which we need. There you go. That's someone we'd buy for each of our teams. Duncan Bridgeford. Is Cam Smith now the greatest ever Origin player? I'm not a big fan of his, but can't have anything but massive respect for what he has achieved. Yeah, he's he is. without a doubt the smartest footballer to play the game. He is. Well, who, who I don't know. You can you can cross comparing eras of this current generation. He's the greatest player ever. I, well, I don't know. How many times can we go up the other side? I don't know. It's not all physical, but he's built like an accountant. He's played over three hundred games. He's going to hunt Lockyer down in the next six games. I think it is. He takes over him. He takes Terry Lamb two weeks. More caps for Queensland. He'll probably get the Australian one as well. He's won comps. He's won a Daly M. He's won a Golden Boot. He's ticked every box. But again. He's not outstandingly fast. He's not outstandingly strong. All those physical things. He's a genius. He's tactical. He's always, you know, three steps ahead. And there's not anything he can't do. He's a great defender. He's great at kicking. He kicks goals. He's the top point scoring forward of all. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Full time. Like, what else do you need to say? Yeah, let's stop talking about it. He's... I watched a game last night, actually um, got into bed, turned on. I got the Origin box set. I was watching 2005, the game where Joey Johns came back, and that was Cameron Smith's first series. So it was Cameron Smith in his first series and Andrew Johns on the way out. So it was like the two, bit of a cross of generations. And, Before he had hair like cat whiskers. But you watch him and it's like, he had the hairiest arms in the world, Cameron yeah. Smith. I don't know whether he still does, but it just stood out in this game. I used to call him the Bogan Ben Affleck. Dear, yeah. the, the chin That's and the hair yeah, But just watching him doing the little things, it, it, like he was still, obviously he didn't have the polish that he's got now, but uh, watching him last night, it was, yeah, it's just funny. You know, like you would have watched that game at the time and thought, oh, Cameron Smith, who's Cameron Smith? And there was a lot of that in the commentary. Like he wasn't really wrapped up or in, didn't get lauded for a lot of the stuff he did. It was all about Andrew Johns and the Blues obviously win that game. But yeah, it's just interesting to watch him go around against... Andrew Johns at the top of his game. It'd be interesting to see Cameron Smith go against Andrew Johns at the top of their games. 100%. Paul Adiris, he hates Peter Doust, and he's back again this week. Yeah. From the Brown, uh, how Doust from the Brown days keeps appointing IGA Aldi cheat coaches, even they fail. Well, mate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, right now you should be happy because all the talk was Hasler was a shoe in to go there. And let me tell you, he's the last Ooh. person you need right now. Uh, I agree. Maybe not so happy with the tactics right now for McGregor, but uh, I think next year is the real suck it and see it situation for him when Ben Hunt gets there and a couple of the other blokes they've paid big money to. Paul, I'll uh, say one thing. I, I like Paul McGregor. I think he tries his best. Yeah, I think he tries. I, again, I think he's pretty genuine. He seems to... I don't think he bitches and moans I know a lot. the players like him. I do yeah, know that. I, I, don't um, mind, I don't mind him from that perspective, but I do agree that he's not on that top tier in terms of intelligence no. and tactics and things like that but, but like that we said I agree next year the pressure's going to go on next year's the big one and then doused again but again uh, who was the bloke that was going to buy the club old mate the old fella that is involved with win or whatever they wouldn't give him the controlling stake that would have helped things out I think for the club but yeah. you're not tipping in your money if you're not in control so uh, unfortunately I think doused is going to be there for a bit, uh, a bit longer Andrew Lauder, how guys love the podcast the article coming out this week RE Dugan Ferguson enjoying a beer over lunch Six days out. Uh, There's a massive journey beat up. Players have been boozing up Origin Week since 1985 during their traditional bonding sessions. The fact that it was a couple of beers over lunch through the day, a week out from the game, and still Rothfield found a story out of it, shows more about his character than the players. Unsure what his sources are, but I wonder if he actually saw comment from the bar in question as to whether there were any issues with those players that day. Terrible journalism trying to find a scapegoat for the performance and really makes it look like Phil has a chip on his shoulder. It's a nice story if we win. Uh, I get that, yeah. and I don't think it. I don't think it's great journalism. Like if he's digging around trying to no. find an excuse. And I, uh, Look, I, I don't take anything I said back earlier in the show. No, um, I think it highlights a cultural issue. It, it, the fact is that it was wasn't a week out from the game. It was four days out from the game. And the bonding session thing still happens, but That's in the, the first the few days. Yeah. That's what they have the nine days for. So and I get also where you're don't think. From. I don't think that should happen at the start of every camp. I think it should happen at the start of the first The first camp. one, to bond yeah. everyone together, yeah. you've got coming in. I, I can see where you come from, mate, and it's more what I said. I think it's a bit of a storm in the teacup, but in the end, when you've lost 11 of the last 12, 
and blokes seem to be doing that on one of the biggest stages of all. I think it just irks everybody. Yeah, the magnifi- so. magnification yeah. is bigger because if, of if how it was Queensland and someone said that and they'd won, you wouldn't hear anything about it. But well, it wouldn't be a story. Yeah, I think it's purely the situation we're in. So I can completely see where you're coming from, mate. Uh, appreciate the comments. Edge Matthews, you boys have mastered Laurie, Brilliant, Desi, Gold, and Bellyache Mint. Surely Wayne and Hook impersonations are due. Oh, Hook would be good. Oh, I'll tell you what. I've, I'll, let me let me work on that one. I've got to start writing these down. Yeah. We're turning into a bloody impersonation. Oh, I think you said last week. They, the Kiwi bird asked him, what did he ask? She was saying something about how they've been labelled one of the favourites of the competition. Do you take that back? Well, oh, I don't know what to think about that. And I was, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're confusing me now. Oh. You're confusing yourself. He's like Sling Blade. I'll have to watch it. I'll get back to you on that one, Edge. We've got a lot to work on here. We do. Uh, sort of more of a statement. This is from Jamie Wesley. I think Manly are doing so well this year because we have a no dickhead policy at the moment, which leads to a team gelling better. Go Hawks and let's go Manly. Go Hawks. Stick the Hawks up the jacker. Go the Patriots. Go the Falcons. Uh, Jake Humphrey, should Blake Ferguson do again ever be selected again for the Blues? Well, you've had your say on that. You obviously think no, they but shouldn't be. If, uh, if Kevin Walters can really bite the bullet last year and ban those blokes for beating a, uh, missing a curfew. And all of them debuted this year, so that shows how yeah, important Yeah, but it was were. also in a pre-season camp. It yep. wasn't like it was a couple of days before the game. If we're going to be... We're fair dinkum. Like we said at the time, and I defended them on the fact that it wasn't anything they were charged for. It was just a curfew. So they didn't break any Yeah, like, but they followed yeah, through. Yeah, I get that. That's what I'm saying, though. That's the difference again. Yeah. Similar, de- uh, similar deal here. If they knew they're not supposed to drink and they had some standards to meet, punish them accordingly just like Queensland did. And it showed how important those guys were. And then when people said they're not ready, they used all six of those players this year and then some. They're ready. So they they were ready to rock and roll. Uh, What have we got here? Alan David Buckley. Hey, guys. Just want to know how come the clock doesn't stop in the last five minutes of the game if one team scores a try? Because theoretically, you're supposed to be able to run that time off the clock with a conversion like you can in the other 75 minutes. But I agree. I think it should stop. All right. I agree as well. Jack Namor. Mark Quinn. He says, thoughts on the Australian schoolboys team named last week? Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, I didn't see much of the carnival, but it seems fair. New South Wales CHS. Yeah, they won clearly. Um, dominated both the 18s and the 15s. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a massive thought on it. I, uh, I'm obviously doing a little bit of school footy at the moment, but uh, my side's actually in the in the ARL trophy, not in the cup competition. So we we sort of play under those top 10 sports high schools and the Queensland sides and all that sort of stuff. So we're in the tier below. But we're going to go, I think, really close to giving that competition a shake this year. So we've got a, actually got a semi-final, city semi-final tomorrow at Campbelltown Stadium. So, yep. Already, yeah, I, I don't have an issue with the side. No, nah, I thought it was pretty solid as well. And like you said, CHS dominated it, and I think they had 10 selected, which yeah, is rightfully, rightfully so. so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, plenty of good kids in that team. Jay Strasberg, hey boys, no doubt you would have already discussed all these rumours coming out at New South Wales, but I want to highlight what I think the problem is, and that's the difference in both teams' leadership from the senior players. 68th minute, Queensland captain Cam Smith lining up a kick to go 22-6 up, and you see Queensland huddled around Cronk, Slater, and every player is 100% focused on what's been said. You then see New South Wales players spread across a 10-minute area with no one talking or taking command and bringing the team together. Besides Cordner, who do you guys think need to step up in the leadership area? Everyone. Everyone needs to be a leader. You and, need to take some responsibility. That's my thing about this level, and I know they've got those key players and everyone's saying it's so easy to go in the presence and all that kind of stuff. That's fair enough. But if you're a rep player, you should be a leader already at your club. So when you all come together, everybody shares that load when you get to a rep level. No different when you're a kid and you play club football and then the first time you go to Mats or Ball, generally all those kids are the best kids at their club or the leader yeah. at their club. Hence why when you come together at rep football... 
and move into those steps further, it gets easier the further you go up because you're playing with guys of a similar ilk. So everybody takes that responsibility. Obviously, spine positions probably have a little bit more so than others, but at the same time, at that level, it should be everybody who's held accountable. So, yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Ryan Hall, who is the worst coach in the NRL currently? Any thoughts on the merit team, the Kangaroos merit team? Uh, well, worst coach in the NRL currently on, on the ladder is Nathan Brown. So, And I, I don't think it is Nathan Brown. No. If you want uh, to... it's, I, I don't know. In terms of underachieving, it's got to be the Raiders. They've underachieved. And, and, the, War- and the Warriors, the Bulldogs. Um, but I don't know whether that's bad coaching. I, it's hard to really know who the worst coach is because we're not there watching them all coach. I, I don't like naming a worst coach, no. to be fair. I, I don't want to get into the business of knifing other coaches on this sort of forum when... I, I'm an aspiring coach and I have no idea how difficult it is to coach in the, at the NRL level and they're under a, a tremendous amount of pressure. I don't think anyone there is trying to be a bad coach. I think they're all genuinely trying to do the right thing. Yep. Whether we agree with it all the time or not, that's our opinion. Yep. Um, and just like everyone else is entitled to theirs. Yeah, just a free crap, that's all. Yep. Uh, and thoughts on the merit team, I thought it was pretty much close. And the other thing, a lot of people the other day were complaining about... argue with it, isn't it? Yeah, but people complained about some positions and Munster and a couple of guys missing out after one game. You have to have played two games to be eligible. Okay. So that's why he wasn't considered after his one performance. Maloney's at six, or uh, I can't remember who the other one's. I like it, but I think it's a great idea. I think the forward pack was just about right. Most of our back rowers, your Frizzells, Jacksons, all these guys. Yeah, were but just the, this is the first time it's been done. I, yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Well, I love it because, again, I looked at a few guys that weren't in there and thought that's right, and these are the guys that should be, again, in pole position for the World Cup yeah. uh, after the Origin Series. I think it was pretty much bang on. Mm. Um, and even Tedesco on the wing, I said earlier in the year, we've done it with plenty of other players. If we've got three or four gun fullbacks, stick them all in there for all I care. Mm. Um, I have no problem with it. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty much bang on. And I know a lot of people don't like Josh Maguire, but I said it before. Whether you like him or not, uh, his standard of football is outstanding. He works his ass off, so I respect his football. Yeah. Maybe not some of the things you read in the paper or off the field or his attitude, but you can't deny he was outstanding for Queensland. And I was surprised he didn't get picked for Australia at the start of the year, to be honest. Uh, what else have we got here? George Cronitas, he says, I know it's only been one game, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on Nathan Cleary and why it's taken so long for us to see the cracking form he showed consistently last season, possibly lack of chemistry with the halves he's been partnered with. Well, I think I've touched on it enough times, mate. I think that Hook Griffin has maybe gone away from giving him control or taking a bit of responsibility off him, and he's kind of had to sit there and take a back seat, where it should be the opposite way around. Yeah, he's young, but... He's a dominant number seven who's a great game manager and got a great kicking game. So just give him the keys to the car and let him drive it. Yeah. Last year when they were doing so well, he was in control. And I feel this year he's taken uh, you know a bit of that off him. And on the weekend, we saw it with May there. May's a ball runner, does his job, takes the line on, chips in here and there, pushes up on the football, makes his tackles. But when Cleary was in full control, uh, he was outstanding. Yeah. So hopefully they take a bit out of that. Jay Smith, not a Knights supporter, but this team is going to look a lot different next year with their new signings. Will they sign any more? And so far, do you think the signings are enough to get out of the wooden spoon spot next year, being that West have recruited well too? Mm. I think, again, it's more the wins they get. I think they might struggle to get away from the spoon again, but you just want to keep seeing more wins. Um, If they jag a few more, like there's rumoured about Leilani Latu maybe going there and a couple other guys, if they can snag one or two more, uh, I think they might push to get out of that spot. But, yeah, I think it's more the wins. I think they might be down there again, but they might get up to six wins or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I but agree, yeah. It all depends on, uh, yeah, who comes in, who doesn't. But it's hard, hard to know. It, yeah. it really is hard I still to think know. there's another year of growing next year. Next year's the big year to me yeah. when they're going to have all their money back to normal, all the caps sorted, 
they got a lot of average guys off contract at the moment. They're nutting through and they're signing a lot of their kids and upgrading. Yeah. So I think next year is the real moving year for them. Uh, Brad Tasker, more of a statement. How dumb are New South Wales to be talking about Nathan Cleary for Origin next year? Let the bloke have another season of error before you ruin him. Mate, I first thought when I watched that game the other night, and that's sad from a New South Wales point of view, was straight away everyone's going to jump on this, say, out Pierce Cleary. But how many halves have we burned? Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. And I know people were saying Gus Gould's only saying what he's saying because he plays at Penrith, but he's 100% right. Yeah. He's a 19-year-old kid, and he doesn't deserve the backlash of our decade of burden, to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't do it to him just yet. I'd just leave him alone. And again, no offence to him, but I said before, he has had an average year. Mm. And part of that, I think, is due to the coaching, but I wouldn't be throwing him to the wolves yet. I wouldn't be doing it. No. I would, I, I'm going to throw this out there. I wouldn't even blood him at least until Smith and a few of those guys are gone. Does that solve the problem? No. But I wouldn't burden him with what's there right now. Agree. So that's just my opinion. Uh, ben Richards, who would you pick at number six for Australia at the end of the year? Monster. We had, we had this conversation the other day, and I had no problem with him playing six, and I said that clearly Pick before. the Melbourne spine. Yep. If Melbourne go on to win the comp or play how, how they have, and you saw what happened for Queensland the other night, I think Munster has a great chance. And he's a lot younger than Maloney, as well as Maloney has played in other guys in that position. Um, he's the future if those guys are there for now. So yep. go for gold. Uh, who else we got here? Jack Package. Can Elgie or Tyron Roberts? You look at how much better Titans play with Taylor and Roberts compared to Elgin Taylor. We're both game managers. Taylor and Roberts are best friends. Would you keep Roberts to try and sign Taylor beyond next year? And who just bought a house in the Goldie? Uh, it's a hard one. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you can judge what LG and uh, Taylor did earlier in the year because they didn't have a lot around them. No. Nah, fresh off an ACL, I know for a fact it takes you usually, you know, yeah, and also 10, 12 games. Play together. No. Nah, and on top of that, he's had niggles coming back from his ACL, so he hasn't put his best I quite like the idea of punning Jared Hayne back to the centres and playing Roberts at one and having LG and uh, Taylor in the halves and pizza hooker. I, I don't know. I think, I think LG is good enough to be in the starting 13, so it might be a case of you just pick your best 13 and stick them where they fit. I I, I don't think Haynes' form is warranting... The 1.2. They, they well, also, not warranting playing at fullback, but I guess the money that you're spending on him, you probably have to play in there. So They won't be keeping him next year. I don't care what he does. At his age next year of 30-something at $1.2 million. No, they know not unless his form dramatically no, increases. He's not getting paid again like that. That's what I mean. I don't think well, I'd ask, I, like, I'm, I'm obviously a Titans fan. How many games has he single-handedly won us? Well, last year he won you one with a field goal. That's about it. And even but, that. but even that, I don't think he actually got us to the point of having to kick the field goal, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, he didn't have a, a massive impact on that game. He's remembered because he kicked the field goal at the end of it. Yeah, I and How many agree. games has he really grabbed by the balls and uh, won? Again, the one the other week against the Tigers, people were beating up. You're nah. beating up on a reserve ground nah. side, basically. They yeah, scored, down scored there a couple of tries, and that was a shit fight of a game. Yeah. Ian Stanmore, where would you play GI next season? I kind of feel Gagai come to the club. Is a blessing so he can play him at fullback. Move Walker back to the halves and Jarrah can take the centre spot left open when Goodwin leaves. Looking for it optimistically because this season has been hard to watch as a club member. I, well, I thought Robert Jennings played well on the weekend. Defended really hard. So he's developing along. I, your, shoe ins, your shoe ins are Inglis, Gagai and Johnston. Uh, I think Burns has been solid, but he needs a bit of work and he struggles under the high ball. Heimel Hunt injured, he'll be back. Yeah, he's So solid. I think you can pencil G.I., Gagai, Johnston and Heimel Hunt in. Um, but as far as the halves are concerned, I think they look better with Sutton there just running the football and keeping things simple. But long term... So where does Walker fit in then? Fullback. I leave him there. You're going to play him at fullback. Inglis yeah. doesn't have the legs for it, and Gagai's a great ball runner, but he doesn't have the ball playing ability, which yeah. I think they get out of. Um, you know, And, and Inglis has legs for it. I think the age he's at, the amount of rep football, the amount of club football, centre suits him. Mm. So you have strike weapons either side of the field. The key 
here in the end, if they're going to be so strong in the back line, is making sure there's the platform. That's where the main issue has been this year. Mm. Sam and Crichton are doing a job. I think Fuimano is a good player. But they need more out of Tom and George if they're going to stay there. And clearly they are because they're on big deals and they can't get rid of them. Yeah. But until the middle solids up, these edge players aren't going to have the impact. Um, and, you know, they can help out in the yard as much as they want. But, yeah, I think Burns, you know, Talakai, Jennings, there's obviously uh, Walker. I think Walker has to play fullback. G.I., Gagai, your centres. Johnson's one of your wingers. The one I forgot and I mentioned before earlier in the year, Marwin Herodi's young kid they signed, he's a fullback wing 5'8". They were talking about him debuting at some point. They wanted to take him to the nines. I don't think they're allowed to because of his age. He's got a bit of development to do, but he might be a bit of a wild card. Yeah, um, fair call. But yeah, nothing happens unless your forwards go forward. So I think that's the bigger problem for them right now rather than where those other pieces <clears throat> are going to fit. Dominic Peter-Peter, is Freddie as coach for New South Wales with Joey as an assistant a good idea? If not, who would who should be the coach? Well, we need to try something outside Laurie Daly, put it that way. We'd both rather have a Bellamy and a Robinson, but I don't think it's going to happen. If it's going to be someone else, they're talking about Dean Pay, Joey, Freddie. I think Joey never I would have considered as a head coach. Get in and help our halves, no worries. Uh, but well, he's come that. out and said that anyway. You're realistic. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He's smart enough to know that. But the two realistic options we set up before, it's Pay and it's Freddie. If it went either way, I'd still probably have Freddie there as well. I think we need to get in some of those guys that have been coaching a little bit and kind of build a bit of a base uh, that can all help each other out. Yeah. But, yeah, in an ideal world, we'd get Bellamy or Robinson or something like that. And Dominic again says, Glenn Lazarus is a state trader. He tried to take it back on the Sunday footy show. I don't care if it was to win an election. So, obviously, he's referring to his politics where he said he was a real Queenslander or something along those I love the like fact that. that Lazo called out Aaron Woods, but... I will give him that because if we're going off pure football ability, not... Uh, State set of things. He's got a right to have an opinion. The brick with eyes was an absolute gun, and you're damn right he's got a right to have an opinion. He won three premierships at three brand-new clubs, and uh, even at the back end there at Melbourne, led the way for them to win his third premiership out of third club. So, uh, yeah, respect your opinion, Dom, but, yeah, the brick with eyes, uh, I can't blame him for having an opinion. Now we move on to some of the final questions. An absolute thousand tonight. We have to thank everybody for that. Dragons man forever, Joey. Hey, boys, as coaches, what are your principles on edge defense? The Dragons seem to get it wrong week after week on both edges, and surely Aaron Wood's rep career is over after that horrible series, the most inept forward on the field. Well, the, the philosophy is pretty simple. You, you come up and square and you go up and up. In the, You try and stay as square as you can for as long as you can. And then when the ball goes to your outside shoulder, you should, again, try and move square and get across and assist the guys on the edge and basically you just defend your inside shoulder and uh, you try and if they're going to score make them go around you Uh, that doesn't mean you come up rush up and in which I see a lot of teams doing but I think genuinely uh, a lot of teams just lack line speed and they lack consistent decision making on the edges and it's difficult because you've got to understand that they're playing against very very effective attack that's executed really really well so it's quite difficult to um, defend but yeah, that's that's my basic principle on it. Well, I'm with you in more. A lot of teams play slide. You're turned out. You're in a bad body position. You're sideways. How do you generate any power, momentum, and square up on somebody if you're not facing them? Mm. So basically, I'm with Brock. For as far as edge defense, if you're man on or you've got numbers or even when you're short, you mark up on who's in front of you. You don't pay attention to what's happening outside. Pick a bloke. Move up square. Keep your hips in front of him so you're in a position to make a tackle. If the ball looks like it's going to get outside you, Jam up, make them execute those passes because nine times out of ten they won't go through the hands. I'll well, try and square, throw. Yeah, if you square, you can make a tackle on both shoulders. Exactly, but nine times if out of not, ten, you're dictated to by where they run. And if they don't run where your shoulder is, which yeah. is the whole goal of trying to make a line break, then you're in trouble. What? Just watch the edge that Hayne and 
Who, who was it? Ferguson were on that edge, weren't they? Nah. Dugan and Ferguson are on one edge. Sorry, Morris and, Hayne and, and Morris. Edge. Yeah. And Maloney as well. They kept turning poor out. Old, poor old Morris was on the end of... Um, he's just on the end of some really, really bad decisions and body position from Hayne, So Yep. Kane Shavala, he says, New South Wales culture. Well, I think we've spent plenty of time. If you want a real in-depth that, mate, I'd listen to our Origin review because yeah. we... We went ape shit, but yeah, I think uh, we made it pretty clear in that. That's a 50-minute podcast, and at the start here, I think we've touched on some bits and pieces again. Simon Fraser, he's got the funnies, as always. Would you rather fight one Aaron Woods-sized duck or 100 duck-sized Aaron Woodses? Wow. I'd rather fight the, I don't know, the 100 duck-sized Aaron Woodses. Yeah, all right, I'm with that too. Yeah. Matty White, not a South fan. How does Farrah get the nod over Cook? Well, I'll tell you why, $700,000 or something like that. That's how. Cook, <laughs> yeah. Cook just can't seem to get a run wherever he's been. And everyone keeps signing him and they go, he's a good player. And then he just gets the same thing. He gets benched, he gets limited minutes, and he gets pushed out of the way. Um, he's someone, again, that I look at Newcastle on these kind of joints. I'm sure he'd be happy to play first grade. I know Levi's there and competing, but I think he'd at least get a decent stint up there. Yeah. Or There's a couple of clubs that could use him. Parramatta Eels, I know Cameron King's there right now, but if they clear out a couple of the other guys and Pritchard's got this bad injury... That's a, a place he'd certainly fit in with that forward pack. Mm. Uh, just throwing it out there. <clears throat> uh, Dub Stan, is State of Origin rigged? No. No, it's definitely not rigged. New South Wales have just got a shit attitude and uh, they can't seem to close out the big ones. I think that's as simple as that. The Buckster, if Laurie Daly steps down from New South Wales coaching position, who are you going to imitate now? Well, the Baxter, I'm sorry, but Laurie will remain, regardless of his coaching position for New South Wales. Laurie is a big part of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And he has, has been. been prior to the... Oh, well, yeah. Mind you, Laurie's been origin coach. He started coaching as soon as we had it, and I just said, I like it when he used to be on Fox team. Player, good kick chase, complete your sets. Team, uh, team, player, player. He's a good player, part of the team. Uh, he also says here, also in regards to Duke and Ferguson, rumours does his point to poor culture. Should they be selected again? Well, again, we've touched on that champion, but yeah, I think you know our thoughts on that. Caspar, uh, what would you do if you were Laurie and Fafita had a sook about not starting? Do you reckon they'll be blacklisted because of it? Well, again, we touched on that. We just would have said, mate, if you're not going to do that job for us, you shouldn't be in the team. Find your bike. I'd give him a decent spray. Yep, 100%. Hell of a bad apple. He says here, Origin outdated. Money over premierships. Would Origin happen if players did not get huge money to play? Club fans robbed. NRL bad product. Lots of questions there. No, Origin would exist, I think. What do you think, big boy? I don't think it's outdated. No. No doubt about it. Uh, it's definitely not outdated. I think it's maybe hurting a bit like all of us because we're sick of seeing Queensland win as New South Wales. And I look forward to it every year for the wrong reasons, to be honest, because I'm just desperate for us to win one. Where when I was growing up, it was more back and forth. It was a lot more enjoyable, to be honest. And I was probably more devastated. Now I'm just used to losing, unfortunately. Yeah. So I probably you know don't feel as big as an attachment as I did as a kid. So I think that hurts. Money over premierships... Well, it's a business. Um, you know, I think it's a lot less loyal than it used to be, so you could say that. Uh, in certain situations, no, but for the majority, I'd have to say, yeah, players probably do worry more about their financial future because they do have such a small window and it can all be over tomorrow. Uh, would Origin happen if players did not get huge money to play? Club fans rob. Well, all that comes back to how it started off. It's turned into the beast it is. I think the money's just a part of it, but everyone wants to be a part of it because it is the biggest game or the biggest games and the highest rating of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, um, club fans get robbed 100%. You're talking to a Melbourne fan, how many times we've lost plenty of players. But yeah, but you know that that's part of the deal we when know the season kicks off. 100%. Everyone does. So, so until know, we find a better structure, no one can bitch and moan about it because everyone's in the same boat. Yep, and, yep. you know, if you've got 
better players and you're going to have more players out for origin. That's just the way it is. Like, Yeah. Mm. Uh, and NRL, bad product. I don't think it's a bad product. I think it's got some work it can do, sure. But, um, yeah, I think the thing overall, if you want to go with the on-field products, what I'm all worried about. Yeah, it's not perfect. I want to see more teams just actually have their own style instead of cookie-cut uh, and try yeah, and copy robotic. whoever's in charge or who has been dominated, which the last decade, a lot of teams have just tried to copy Melbourne and bits and pieces from there. Uh, Cranky says, how do you think Tyron May went on the weekend and do you think the side will run better with Nathan getting the ball more over Moylan? Well, yeah, I agree. I think he went well and I think he needs to get the ball more than Moylan because he's more of a natural half than Moylan. Yeah, well, if you've listened uh, or you're a normal listener, Ozzy, uh, or Cranky, sorry, I think you understand where I've been coming from, where I've been whinging all year that for some reason... Clear he's been taken out of the the more dominant role, and I think it was proved on the weekend with May that when he's in charge and someone outside him just runs the football and chips in here and there, um, you know that that's what he should be doing. He did that the last ten or twelve games of last year. He steered the ship and he was outstanding. Mm. And the last one we got here, Wombat. Have you heard of a stranger penalty than a prop pinged for pulling the hair of another prop? Look, so that's look. probably a good one to finish on, wasn't it? Um, it was Darcy Lussick on Aaron Woods. Yeah, Aaron Woods needs a haircut. It's pathetic. Um, yeah, wearing a headband. Like, please. If you've got hair like a girl, then you should be able to pull it like a girl. Yeah, and Darcy Luskip, not a big fan of him, but in this case... I would have loved to see him rip all the hair out. Yeah, in this case, good work, Darcy. Well done, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you go. That was massive. So many fan questions. Thank you very much for all those. You got our set of six. You got our power rankings and reviewed the games from the weekend. We'll now move on to Mr. Gossip, get the dirt, the tips, and all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Uh, if you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Big thanks to them for our charity account. We have to thank, as always, Richmond Residential. Uh, they bought an ad for the money we donated to the charity, the Great Walk Foundation, the other week. So uh, I've got to give a shout-out to them, Boxhead. So Richmond Residential, they're a strategic financial management consultancy and delivering a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sec- uh, sectors. They offer financial strategy, home equity loans, commercial loans, restructuring, home loans, debt consolidation, broker services, refinancing, absolutely everything. Uh, they have professionals and they have a strong client focus. Their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. They work with you and for you to get you where you want to be. Contact them today, 02-8824-4000. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn or book your complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite 415-33 Lexington Drive, Bella Vista. Mate, I think I need to get some uh, financial help, to be honest. I think we all need a little bit of financial help. So a big thanks to them again. Like we said, we don't like to do too many. Really good people. So We they, don't like they... to uh, do ads, but like we said before, all the ads we do, the William Hill, all the rest of it, we have everything linked in with uh, some principles that we learned from a young age to try and help out others. And uh, like we said, all the stuff we do on here, we only plug it because it's for our charity, which this year is the Great Walk Foundation. Go onto their website, have a look at the cause. It's absolutely outstanding. Yeah. So on now to Mr. Gossip. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. It's been a long time, but guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Gossip's back. Tell your friends. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Gossip's back. <laughs> Jesus. Gossip! <laughs> we thought we lost him. I'm back. What I with, I'm going to say that you still haven't got your Codril sponsorship, but you've been on some kind of alcohol, codril fueled mixed bender for the last month, and that's why you've been Mate. MIA. Exactly. This is what Origin does. You split round shit football. Um, a state that doesn't play properly. Just yeah, Origin gives me the shit, so I go in hiding. But um, 
Yeah, you guys have already talked about Origin and, and analysed it pretty well, but, um, you know, it, it's, it still hurts. Mate, it definitely hurts, and we said it before. We've addressed a few issues in our uh, set of six that have obviously occurred the last few days, but we're done talking about it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, let's move yeah. on. Let's get on to club football, which is what we all live and breathe. Yeah, let's focus on the run home, focus on the finals, focus on all the good points, not give any more oxygen to uh, any peanuts. So, uh, What's cooking, mate? What's in the gossip bag? All right, let's let's start with Sammy Siday. It's been pretty well publicised, especially in the last 48 hours, that uh, Wayne Bennett's done the old Wally Villas to him and said that his services are no longer required after 2018. So... There was a few reports that it was this year, but he's actually on the contract next year. So it's the end of next year, not this year, to those Muppets that posted differently. But uh, look, Sammy Thino, he's not getting any younger. He did come out today and said that he wouldn't rule out another NRL club. I'll put it to you, boys. Does he have a few more years left in him? No. no. I think this is the right call from Wayne Bennett. Well, I'm not surprised and I understand what he said because people are talking like he's up for contract. He's not up for contract. He signed already... For that extra year, the only thing I'm going to take out of all this is what I read earlier in the year, which is him saying, I'm pretty sure before he re-signed, I'm willing to take a pay cut. Well, guess what, champ? You're not going to be offering to take a pay cut. You're going to take a pay cut because they're going to offer you less because the way you're playing full stop. That's right. Um, the fact he's still there next year doesn't surprise me because I know they'll keep him on the cheap and I'm sure they've got something in the pipeline as far as a job after football because he's been there for so long. But if he's to play on, you know it's only going to be a Queensland club. I don't think the Titans would be crazy enough to pay him or maybe take him there, but that wouldn't surprise me. And again, I'm pretty sure he's an North Queensland boy. So. It won't be the Titans. It'll be the Cowboys, if anything. Yeah, I think they're you know a hometown team. But again, in 18, in another 12 months' time, I think he slows down. So I don't think they'll be interested either. No, I, if anything, I could see him maybe playing Queensland Cup and then maybe with a route to coaching there or something. But, um, yeah, I think it's the perfect time. I think Wayne Bennett's timed it perfectly. Yeah, well, apparently he's got a radio show. I don't know about that. That does well. We see him on TV all the time. And again, like I said, the Broncos love him. I'm sure there's a route there. They do a lot of work with Indigenous uh, communities and kids because Paul White set up a bit of a setup there um, from his days as a police officer and that. So I'm pretty sure there's plenty after football. And again, he has another year to run. I think by the end of next year, surely that's the end of him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys, there's a few NRL pages around at the moment saying that um, Maloney is looking for a club next year. One thing I'll tell you, he's not a free agent until 2019. So, again, these Muppets are saying that Maloney will go to a different club next year. They've got it wrong. Um, 2019, he's not a free agent until. I'm sure he will explore his options, but I can't see him leaving Cronulla, especially after how badly they played on the weekend without him. No, it'll have to be they get Cronk and they let him go, otherwise they're not letting him go, as simple as that. Yeah. 100%. My thing is the same as you, mate. I'm getting frustrated reading all these idiots again. Same deal. He's got a three-year deal. He signed it. Out of all the people and the way he's handled it, I think he's handled it the right way. There's been a few sly things in the media, but he's asked them behind closed doors. But it's their right not to have to pay him. They don't have to. But compared to some of these other Muppets that have asked for money, like Cody Walker's played good for... 12 months to be asking for a pay rise. Maloney's one of a comp. They put him in their team of 50 years. All that said and done, I thought maybe they could find him an extra 100, 150K. But the only way this ends is basically what we've mentioned before. If they get Cronk and somebody like Newcastle trumps up some cash for him. Mm. Yeah. All right, boys. We'll go on to coaches. Now, we spoke in the last podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was on about Nathan Brown, and I said it'd be absolutely ridiculous to punt him. I still believe that. But uh, rumours suggest that Hasler is gone. That's it. He's not going to be there next year, which is absolutely crazy, considering they just put pen to paper a couple of weeks ago for a two-year stint. Um, 
I don't know what's happening at Belmore. It's definitely the money's not a, a problem. I know it's paying him out, but to hear from some good sources that he's gone next year, it's, it's crazy talk. And there's also talk that he could go to Newcastle. Maybe a coach swap. Oh I would not God. like that. No, I think that's terrible. I think what Hasler's done at the Bulldogs has been terrible. His recruitment strategy's been shit. Um, I would prefer Nathan Brown over Des Hasler. There you go, I've said it. Yeah, why would, why would New, uh, Newcastle even entertain Des Hasler? Uh, I think... Des Hasler's time is not done, but he needs to. He probably needs that little bit of time to reinvent himself a little bit, I think, um, and change his philosophy on coaching and have a look at, you know, his philosophy. Definitely, um, Nathan Brown doesn't deserve to be sacked. Uh, and Wayne Bennett, I don't agree with Wayne Bennett making comment about Nathan Brown on the weekend, but what I thought, what he said, I thought had some uh, merit in the changing the coach isn't going to change a problem up oh. there. Um, and for me. As soon as Raylene Castle got sacked, that said to me that she she uh, suffered the consequences of having re-signed Des. I, I get the impression that yep. Raylene wanted to sign Des and the board wasn't necessarily all in on it. So once the axe sort of fell on her, I sort of thought, well, Des isn't nowhere near as secure as what he was when Raylene was there. So it looks like those dominoes are heading that way. And look, I, I understand the Bulldogs wanting to get rid of him. I, I Honestly, I think as dumb as it was to give him a two-year deal at that point in time, even though I think Raylene Castle probably had a plan moving forward with Dez and probably had a conversation about him having to change his tactics and philosophies and et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, I think it's the right move for the Bulldogs. I think they need someone in there, fresh ideas, and they need to shake the joint up. But the other side of that is if they are going to punt Dez, they've got Kieran Foran coming there who was linked closely to Dez. So how does that play out? I mean... There's a lot of things to be uh, to be played out at Belmore in the next probably six months. So because their season looks to be on the skids, and uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for the doggies. I'm I'm just steaming inside, even thinking or that Newcastle, <laughs> if that has any truth to it, would contemplate such a stupid idea. And I'm going to throw a little more shade to it here. He hasn't developed at all. He hasn't changed at all. Anyone that's made excuses for him, give yourself a triple. They've given him full control. He's bought all these facilities, hyperbaric chambers, all this technology. He's stubborn. He doesn't change his ways. He's had full control of recruitment. All the players, all the plans, all the tactics, it all falls on him. He's stale. He's stubborn. He doesn't want to change his ways. And uh, I don't like to question legacy, but let's be honest, that manly side basically ran itself. Well, I know they won a couple of comps, but you have foreign... Cherry Evans, Matt Orford before that, you know, you got the Stewart brothers, Beaver, Watmau, all those guys were one of those rare teams that took pay cuts, stuck together. They're a good football side. I don't want to quote, uh, question him too much, but from what I've seen in the time at the Dogs, I know they've made a couple of grand finals, but just like you said, the recruitment, the tactics, everything, I think that throws a little bit of shade to how good that Manly side was and the way he's been coaching, in all honesty. And again, Newcastle in their financial position, whether they get bought by West tonight, how can you afford to bring someone in like that? And then you do what I said the other way. You knock down everything because a new coach comes in and goes, I don't like him, him or him or what you're doing here. It's just it's just ruining all the work that Brown's done. Yeah. Yeah. I like Nathan Brown in his press conferences. He's just to the point. He doesn't talk crap. He doesn't talk in cliches. No. He's straight to the point. I, I find him refreshing. Exactly. And he's not hiding away from what it is. And it's, it's a rebuild. It's the worst situation you possibly could have walked into. And they had... Literally two more years where it looked like they weren't going to be able to spend any money. And almost in 12 months, he got rid of all the shit contracts. So I'll say it again. He's ahead of schedule. I don't know what everyone's whinging about. Yeah. Just no, I agree completely. be fucking patient, honestly. People going yeah. oh, overnight. You bring a new coach in, you knock down, rebuild again. You're going to wait another two years 
for juniors, cut players, top 25, all that changes again when you bring a new coach, new tactics and a new vision. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and you've heard Gus Gould say it before, you're not really a first grader until you've played 50 games or there's 100 games either either, but they've got so many young kids, they're all playing together, there's not really much help there. Hodkinson, as Brock's mentioned before, he's, you know, his body's failing him, he's got a bung knee, uh, he's past those kind of days where you know he was playing Origin and some good football and um, slowly but surely things are going to turn around, but it's not an overnight job. He was left with an absolute shit sandwich. Mm. Boys, last one for the night is Leilani Larcher had a fantastic season for my Penny Panthers last year. Apparently he's put on a bit of beef this year and the coach isn't happy with him. There's reports that clubs are chasing him. I know Lani Latu came out in a press conference today and said that it is untrue and he's not looking for a club. But that's nice to hear, Latu, but maybe the club doesn't think that way. And uh, my sources are pretty strong that there are clubs chasing and the Panthers are keen to get rid of him. Eels, Knights and Parramatta. Parramatta are my favourites to sign last. Well, this is another one where I look at it and I think for the right price, that's probably a good buy for Newcastle. Uh, If they can get him there and get him doing the right thing. He's young enough, he's got enough skill, but yeah, one good season, got a contract upgrade. I think there's been a lot of complacency out in Penrith this year and a lot of players not living up to their standard. And let's be honest, I don't think he's the only one carrying a little bit of extra timber in that side. There's a few blokes that look a bit underdone, but... Uh, for the right price, I reckon they'd be a good buy for Newcastle. Parramatta, certainly looking for big boys. We saw they were trying to get Willis Meehan before the deadline there. And, uh, you know, they've got a couple of older blokes there. We don't know whether they're going to play on next year. So, yeah, for the right price, I'd buy Latu. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting he came out today and denied it. But um, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, there you yeah, go. Looks, well, it looks like Penrith are trying to shed well, cap space, aren't they? Like, are they... Thinking about Cronk? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Mate, they got a lot more work to do if they want Cronk, let's be honest. They've upgraded Harawir and Naira, which that had to wait so you think, for the you think, you think what this is is them shedding to upgrade the guys they've got? Yeah, well, they already had yeah. to do that the other week to get Edwards and Harawir and Naira's deal was on hold okay. while they were trying to get rid of Hickel and players like that. There's yeah. no room for Hickel there. Yeah, so. fair enough. And then you look at players like Wade Egan, who's been pushed into cup, and they're going to try and upgrade people like this from their 20s and cup system again. May's just debuted on the weekend. He would have got a debut payment and maybe had some clauses in there. I'm not too sure, but yeah. uh, they've got no wiggle room to be attacking Cronk unless a big fish leaves. And uh, let's be honest, who are they going to get rid of or who's interested in a big fish from Penrith right now? The two biggest pay packets, I'd suspect, are Tarmow and Merrin, and they're mm-hmm. both one year into a deal, or two years, one year and two years respectively. Yeah, but you also need to take into account the cap's going up. They sort of don't know what the cap is. Like, if I, I'll tell you what, if I'm Gus Gould, I'm going to offer Cooper Cronk a big deal and the NRL will have him finalise the salary cap and if Penifer have a cap and saying, well, fuck, you guys are taking too long to sort it. Well, I've already... Stick it up your ass. I've already like, highlighted one that many fans probably don't agree with, but from what I've seen with Bryce Cartwright, I don't know about maturity, but I'm more looking at the on-field. Ship somewhere else? All the injuries, the errors, the tackling. I don't think he's tough enough to be a back row. I don't think he's got enough patience to be a half. If he's on a big pay packet and the off-the-field stuff and the injuries are a concern, well, I wouldn't have a big thing moving. <laughs> trade him to Melbourne. How good would it be if they had a trade? Oh. They could trade Bryce Carter off <laughs> for Cooper Cronk to Melbourne. He's only a baby, I get that. But they can have James Tarmow too. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And, and Wunga Blake, there's three for one. Oh, yeah. You can keep Wunga Blake. We can't fix him. Yeah, I reckon you can. Nah. Keep him away. Wow. 
Well, Gossip, if that wraps that up, champion, that's some very, very juicy dirt, and we appreciate it, and it's good to have you back. But on to the tips and all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And, oh, the charity account, it is hurting. We cannot buy a win. No, no, we're shit. We've had five golden (laughs) point losses. New South Wales have burned us twice. Everything we touch just absolutely crumbles. Oh, Mm. Betting. Don't listen to anything we say about betting for the rest of this year <laughs> until we strike a few together. But thank you again to William Hill. Tips last week. Mate, the race is back on here. I told, on. You, I told you it was going to turn around. <laughs> it is on. I was the only one to tip Queensland, so I picked the point up there. And I think the other one that you jagged back because you both tipped New South Wales, Brock was the only one to tip the Titans, and you tipped South's gossip so dear you've left yourself language you've dropped some points you're sitting on three last week we've both got five so we're on 82 apiece and you're on 84 it's it's on this is wow. good this is good it the is oh, Excuse me, it, it is. is on like donkey kong but looking at the fucking tasty game, sweat we're oh. that close to him <laughs> taste it this, this taste it this weekend i'll lick his forehead all righty but First game Here we go. for the the first full round after the origin period, we have the Brisbane Broncos versus the Bulldogs uh, on the Broncos side of things. Maguire and Gillette, they both return to the side, so Thido back to the bench, otherwise no changes. For the Doggies, all their origin players back in. Morris, Jackson, Clemmer, uh, a couple of blokes drop out. Leash has moved back to nine, fully to the bench, which is probably bullshit. He'll probably play half again. Uh, Moses and Bayer probably play nine again. Uh, I just think the dogs are terrible. Uh, I'm going to back Brisbane to end their season. Look, I'll, I'll back Brisbane, but they're a bit of a bogey side. They are. The Bulldogs for Brisbane. So uh, also Darius Boyd, has he been named on the extended bench? I don't think he has uh, been. No. <clears throat> There's, there was murmurs that he may return. Extended but... bench is Nicarima, Opachak, Sewer and Arrow, so okay. no Boyd. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Milford's back and he's going to pair up with Hunt. McCulloch's there. Um, and I thought Jonas Pearson... Has been okay in the little taste he's he's got, so I'll go the I'll go the Broncos. But yeah, I'm weary of Canterbury because they always seem to roll the Broncos. Yeah, well, they did it earlier. Yeah. The they did it earlier. Yeah, getting that uh, slug for the end of the They did it last year as well. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Broncos as well with you guys. I think it's going to have too much class, too much skill. You'd think so, and especially up at Suncorp yeah. as well. Absolutely, and, and let's not forget the the Bulldogs display against the Knights. Um, I shouldn't have won that game. Yeah, well, I'd like to say let's see what happens after a week off and some tactical changes, but we all know that's not going to happen. That hasn't changed since 2012, so, you know, good times. But the odds with WilliamHill.com, the Broncos, $1.35 favourites, three twenty-five for the Bulldogs, minus 8.5 is the line, 1-12 to 12 Broncos, two ninety four twenty five for the Dogs, 13-plus Broncos, two forty nine dollars for the Doggies. The second game, Roosters-Knights. Roosters, obviously, two crucial blows for them. Michael Gordon... In great form, he is out. He's been replaced by Connor Watson at one, so get a bit of a look here of you know him in this position. He obviously was killing it for Wyong at fullback, but I didn't get to see any of that, so interesting to see him here. And the nine situation, friend's broken hand. They've named Cornish at nine, but I think this is a bit of silly buggers. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to defend in the middle. Victor Radley from the under-20s is on the bench. He plays a bit of nine and 13. He played in that premiership side last year, 19th man. Grant Garvey, former Australian schoolboy, New South Wales 20s player. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a late change with maybe Radley and Garvey or at least Garvey coming in uh, for that. But other than that, Tokiaho returns and uh, they get their origin players back. Newcastle, Jacob Safidi's out. Sean Kenny Dow makes his debut. And there's a couple other little reshuffles. But 
Um, I'm sorry, I can't tip Newcastle. No, I can't either. Roosters, but I think Newcastle will be competitive in this, and I think Jake Friend leaves a big hole, and uh, some of those middles for the Roosters are going to have to step up because Jake Friend carries a huge workload in the middle. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to go the Roosters as well, boys, but if you're a smart man, you'd, you'd put your money on the Knights to lead at half time, and then the Roosters to come home. But, um, looking forward to this game, looking forward to see uh, SKD and uh, up against his old club, and let's see if he can hold the pill again. Yeah, well, hopefully that's the only thing he's holding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's what got him in trouble in the first place, wasn't it? Holding for somebody else. And, uh, the odds with WilliamHill.com, you've just touched on a, a good point there, Gossett, which I like. It's $1.13 for the Roosters, six fifteen for Newcastle, but the start is the thing that I like. It's 16 points for Newcastle. So uh, not too bad considering a readjusted spine. And one to twelve, the Roosters three forty. Newcastle seven dollars. Thirteen plus Roosters a dollar sixty two. Seventeen dollars for Newcastle. Sharkies and South South season is now over, and it's been a, a pretty poor one. Let's be honest. Uh, Sharkies very very flat, but Maloney returns. A couple of these guys that played less minutes in that absolute Sharknado number two up there on the Gold Coast. Uh, I expect a bounce back this week after a poor showing, much like they did against the Roosters last time, and. Uh, the Rabbitohs, minimal changes there. There's a couple of guys that get reintroduced. He brings Cook back in, which I don't know why he missed in the first place. But, um, yeah, more for the Sharks to play for in the top four than South. So, easy tip for me. Who are you going? Sharks. Yeah, Sharkies. They'll win. Yeah. Mine, back. Sharks will win. They won't lose two in a row. Mm, yeah, bounce, you've bounced back. This one's going to hurt for the Rabbitohs, I think. Manly hot on their heels. Cowboys winning enough games to be pushing even for the top four. And the Broncos there as well. So... Uh, there's a real threat that someone could jostle them out if well, they did fall off the bandwagon. Canola got like a zap last week, and South really got the they got the uh, the old life support got turned off. So it sure did. It could go one way. One team's going one way, and one's going the other. So I think this might this 13 plus for me. Yeah, I, I think a few a few statements from a few teams that struggled during the Origin period are a bit flat this week. This so. is when they come. William Hill agree. They've got the Sharks a dollar thirty-five. South three twenty-five minus eight and a half is a line. One to twelve Sharks two ninety-four twenty-five South. Thirteen plus Sharkies two forty. Thirteen plus for the Bunnies is nine dollars. The game of the round, and we'll be attending it. Good times in the riff. It's the Panthers <laughs> versus the Titans. Looking forward to this one. Uh, honestly. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Anthony Griffin, I don't know if he's going to follow through with these changes. There's room for change before the end of the week. But Peter Wallace straight back in, starting at nine, and Mitch Rain wearing 21. Give yourself a triple hook. Uh, Give yourself a hook, hook. Honestly, he straightened up the attack. He gets out of dummy half. He makes the tackles. And poor old Petey Wallace before that, he was playing good, but he was copping an absolute battering in the middle. Mm. The least you could have done is keep him on the bench to help out. He's kept Katara. I know he can play third and he's tough in the middle, but... Just dumb penalties out of him. What's Rain done to not be in the 17? He might make a change late in the week, but him straight out of the side, that one for me is glaring. And I said at the start of the year that I thought Tyron May was the future six. I thought that with him there on the weekend, it finally released Cleary to do what he should have been doing all year, which is having full control of the side, all responsibility for kicking on the last. And with Moylan returning, I'm sorry. And Gossip, you're a Panther fan. You can disagree if you want, but... I think Moylan at six has way too many touches of football. He still plays too much like he's playing Oztag or touch football, and he shouldn't have any responsibility on set finishes or kicking. Nathan Cleary should be in control of this side. We got a look last week as to what that looks like, and it looked like the side last year that played very, very well for the last 10 to 12 games with him in control. 
Yeah, look, I agree. Um, I think the best football we've played all year was last week, last, last Friday against the Warriors, and that was with our 20 spine. Exactly, and again, May knows his role. May runs the football, he's a big body, he's played 80 minutes before at 13, fullback, nine, so he's not going to shirk the task, and he did exactly good defender, that. kicks well, makes his tackles, and has good touches. His, his halves and fullback ability showed through when he pushed up and scored on debut. Good support player. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think... Yeah, it, Edwards at the back. It's, yeah. It's, it's a tough little kid as well. It's a, it's a perfect spine that was last Friday. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I like Penrith. I look at Penrith from 1 to 12 and think that's a pretty intimidating side, um, oh. but Leota at 13 I don't get, and I don't like the bench. I... Yeah, I'm going to tip Penrith. It's Saturday afternoon. It's at Penrith. Um, but I think this is going to be a really, really close game. And obviously, I'll be cheering for the Titans. Oh, I'm, I'm Hopefully, tipping, that's a jinx. I'm tipping the Titans. <laughs> they've gotten healthy. Um, the Harbs, I'm glad he's stuck with Roberts and Taylor. Wallace, Pete, these guys come back from origin. I think Greenwood's developed nicely. Max King, Morgan Boyle, Parsi's back. Poole is back. Um, you know, getting healthy at the right time. And... I think in the key positions, we've got Penrith covered, but I think as a whole, they've got a, they've got a stronger squad. There, there could be some late changes, but I think, again, I, I'll throw it out there. Edwards at, on the wing. Uh, I would get rid of Wonga Blake altogether. I know right now that's not happening because Peachy's got so a feeling... So what are you going to do, play Moylan at one and move May to six? Uh, it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but at the start of the year, that was my theory. I saw a game last week, even without Moylan there, and I like what I saw. All I know is if Moylan's at six, that's fine. But full control hasn't been with Cleary all year. It needs to be with Cleary. Yeah. All kicking responsibility, all the steering. Moylan can pop up here and there, but he shouldn't have dominant control out of that half period. Yeah. Cleary's a seven. He's on with the kicking game. He's on with the composure. Somebody needs to take control of this side because it's got no fucking clue what it's doing when he's not in control of it. Yeah. And Wallace yeah. straight back in after six to eight weeks off, whatever it's been, I think it's insanity. Hmm. Um, I don't know what Rain's done to at least not be included on the bench. That's that's craziness yeah. to me. Yeah, that's right. If anything, Wallace should be the one in reserve grade, and Marin should be in first grade at least for another week until he's match fit. Wallace, I know he's an old head, but you know he's taped together with masking tape. Surely they, they may prove me wrong, but yeah, I think he's changed the direction of their forwards, and it was well needed. Um, so see what happens. But what about you, Gossip? Who are you on? Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Panthers because we'll be there, and I'll be cheering like a goose. Um, but look, I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to go, and, and also my man crush, Tyron Roberts, is playing, so I might buy him a few kisses. So. Oh, oh dear! It's the full, it's the full kick caboodle for you on the weekend. This is this is going to be a good day. I'm going to look forward to watching you two hopefully fight each other by the end of it as well. There we know fighting. I'm just going to throw Melbourne barbs out there and just sit there, Bellamy esque, but. With WilliamHill.com, the Panthers are the favourites. $1.52, some value at the Titans. I like this. $2.56. Look, I'll, I'll be having a bet on the Titans. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's juicy. I'm yeah. taking a piece of that. Don't you worry. Minus 5.5 is the line. 1-12 Panthers, 290 3.75 for the Titans. 13-plus Panthers, 290 6.50 for the Titans. Raiders, Storm. Uh, to me, their season was already on life support. It's not going to get any better playing the Storm and the Sharks the next couple of weeks. Papali the Goose got himself suspended. There's still a massive disconnect between the halves. The amount of kicks on second and third play the other night, especially Hodgson, that dummy half grabber, like, it's, it's good if you use it once or twice. You can't use it 12 times. Mm. Um, and to be honest, of all the people to save him in the end, it's a bloke who, he's had some niggles and he hasn't played a lot off the bench, but Dave Taylor, of all people. <laughs> Dave! Dave! Big Dave! Oh, he come in and he fixed it up, along with Caesars intercepting that 40-20, but... Uh, they're a bit of a bogey side yeah, for Melbourne. This is a classic catch game, isn't it? It is. They are a massive bogey side for Melbourne, but uh, I look at this again. One-off origin. I know a lot of these players have had a rest, and I think Melbourne might be a little clunky, but... 
I can't tip the Raiders. I can't tip the Raiders. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I don't, I don't Storm care. Storm by thousands. Ugh. And then they'll probably lose. But yeah. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, they're a bit of a bogey side. Um, and Canberra tend to win the game. not meant to. But, yeah, I can't tip them. Even though they won the last start, they were terrible. BJ Lola, how dumb is he? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like, like a shell of himself, himself doesn't he? Oh, I it's, it's basically confirmed that I said earlier, I'm sorry, there's clearly a problem in the side and the fact that they switched Caesar and Austin over just basically tells you there's a disconnect between them and Whitehead and they're not happy with him, so they flipped him to the other side of the field. Look, it's a strange thing to read into, but I read a lot into the length of BJ's hair. I think he plays his best footy. <laughs> when he's he's got a shaved head. You're yeah. right. You're 100% right. I think he's, he's got the long hair. It's starting to grow yeah. out. I just think it, it's like his form. Well, it's just deteriorating. <laughs> You're right. It's, he's terrible. When he needs it shaved when, and when get a bit short, of Vaso on his head. When he's short and sharp, he's focused. He is. When it gets a bit, uh, you know, a bit wild, he gets a bit wild. Yeah, he's got too much up on top. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's the Cruz Ninu of the modern day. Every two oh. years he needs to change clubs and he'll play good again. He's done it a few times. He left the Roosters, played good there for a couple of years, then bounced out, then he played good at the Knights for a season, then bounced out. Crisman's uh, had more bloody clubs than he has hot dinners. Yeah, but he had a two-year theory. It was good at Parramatta Grand Final, yeah. bounced out, went to the Dogs, had a couple of good years, bounced out. Yeah. Leilua, at the moment, looks like that ticking time bomb like Inu. So. Fucking where is he now? Yeah. Oh. Mate, if, there's, if there's two blokes that I hate to be stuck in the list with, it'd be him and Oate. Could you imagine the conversation? <laughs> 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 oh, dear Lord. Dear Lord. I, I'm really looking forward to Saturday, even more now, but uh, the odds with WilliamHill.com, Canberra Raiders outsiders two dollars sixty two a dollar fifty for the storm minus six is a line one to twelve Raiders three seventy five two ninety storm thirteen plus Raiders seven fifty two eighty storm uh, you've got the Cowboys versus the Warriors Sean Johnson gone need I say any more they found an excuse on the weekend and they're heading to Townsville and they've been playing really well the Cowboys so I'll be sticking with the Cowboys and Cowboys no Johnson so see you later. Yeah, Warriors, um, yeah, no Sean Johnson. They won't win up there. But again, that's another bogey side for them. I'm pretty sure. I think the Warriors have had the wood on the Cowboys before. It's a bit of a bogey round. Yeah, I must say, Mason Lino a couple of years ago I wasn't a fan of, but he's been brilliant in cup. There's been some serious development, and I think he'll do a solid job. Yeah, but... we thought Hingano was going to have a big yeah. impact too. Oh, but honestly, I, I thought he was good in cup playing up a couple of age groups. Lino's really come a long way, but it's not going to be enough to stop this freight train, so... Clean sweep for all of us, and William Hill agree. Cowboys a dollar thirty-five, Warriors three twenty-five, minus eight and a half is the line. One to twelve cows two ninety four twenty-five, Warriors thirteen plus cows two forty thirteen plus. Uh, they have got nine dollars for the Warriors. Now this is a game. Yep. So can they win the comp without JT? You reckon? No. No, I said earlier that I, I gave him a rap a few weeks ago and said that development. I thought they could maybe make a prelim and upset somebody, but not make the GF. But I have even more faith now that they could honestly be in the final four and take out one of those big guns on what, their day. You reckon they could beat the Sharks or Melbourne on their day? On their day, I, don't I think, think they could. could. I think uh, they'll shit in More so hat. maybe the Roosters or the Sharks, not so much the Storm, but hmm. I could honestly see them in a prelim final. Well, seriously, if the Sharks or uh, Melbourne run into the Cowboys in a prelim, they're going to be licking their lips. Well, we'll have to wait and they see. They still like Cowboys. I know they won the comp, but they won the comp in Golden Point with JT. So, yeah, but there's a I, lot don't, of- I don't know. I don't know. He's, yeah, he, he has a big impact on that side. I, I think their form is more a reflection of how piss poor the rest of the comp is. I, I think they look they look good because a lot of those teams in probably from three to eight are all very same same for me. I, I think they're and it's reflected because they're all very close in terms of points. I think the, the clear two standouts on their day are Sharks and Melbourne. and Melbourne, and then I think the Roosters potentially on their day could compete with them. And then below that, I think there's a huge well, drop. Roosters, we've said it before, on paper, brilliant, but they haven't played for more than 40 minutes all year. Mm. I, I'd probably put Manly 
um, and the Roosters together in terms of I think they could challenge those sides on their day and they've got enough big guns in their side. But it just it tell, the history tells you that you can't win the comp without your best player. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm, you've got Matt Scott out as I'm well. I'm not saying like, they're going to win the comp. Your two highest-paid players are the Cowboys for me. And, I, like, I picked them to win it yeah. this year. You know, I, I... But with those guys out, no, no yeah. hope. But I've said it again. I didn't say they're going to win the comp, but I could honestly see them in a final four. I think so too. But I think it's more a reflection off. on not their, their overall form. I think it's just the weakness of the other sides that are in the eight. Well, the proof will be in the pudding. Origin's over, seven games to go. So we're going to get a real good look at them now with everybody yeah. back to normal, depending on what their draw's like, to be honest. But this is a danger game to me here. I know the Dragons have been awful and they're playing manly, but they've got a couple of injuries again. Uh, Brad Parker comes in on the wing. It's another winger replacing right. Their goal-kicking's been terrible. And Uppy Coruscant, who's been outstanding, is replaced by Cameron Cullen, who more plays as a six. I'm going to say, though, if anyone's saying the Blacktown workers play... They're not the strongest side in New South Wales Cup, but Cameron Cullen has been outstanding. He's a tough little bastard. He left your mob the Titans, runs the football like a madman possessed, tackles his ass off. I think he'll do a good enough job. Um, but just looking at that in particular, I think that hurts Manly. But in saying that, the Dragons have picked Josh McCrone again. And I look I, at number seven for the Dragons and I go, fuck, that's, I'm That's what I'm them. going back to, yeah. honestly. <laughs> they couldn't... They, yeah. <laughs> So, oh. manly for me. That, I'll cut it short for you. Yeah, you they, they could knock the foam off a beer at the moment, the Dragons, yeah. honestly. Um, and there's a couple of guys. Frizzell's still playing busted. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be tipping Manly, but those few small things in Coruscant missing wouldn't surprise me if it's close, but Manly also have been brilliant on the road, so I'll stick with them. Yeah, look, it's going to be a massive seven weeks for, for Manly. Everyone talking them up. I'm sort of waiting for them to fall over, but I don't think it'll be this weekend against the Dragons. They've been piss poor. I'll tip Manly, but... Um, for some reason, I just keep waiting for them to fall over. Yeah, well, I've kind of thought at the start of the year that, you know, maybe they might be okay when they're full strength and when they lost a couple, they'd fall apart, but they keep winning. Who's this man? Man, even with a few changes, yeah. they, they keep plugging yeah. along. So I'm still calling bullshit on them. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, but for me, I'm saying about winning the comp. Yeah, is I'm, what I'm, saying. I'm not going to pick them to win the comp. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts when the whips are cracking, but I just look at Melbourne and Melbourne in, partic- uh, in particular, and I just go, please. I still stick by what we've said all year. You're not I think there's two teams. It's the Storm, then the Sharks could probably beat them, and then the Roosters if they get it right. I don't see anyone outside those three winning the comp. That, no. uh, the odds with William Hill for this one, the Dragons, 214. Uh, and you've got Manly a dollar seventy two minus two and a half is a line one to twelve Dragons three forty three dollars Manly thirteen plus Dragons five dollars three sixty Manly and the last game of the round it is the Tigers and the Eels uh, the Tigers Little Jacob Little was popped his shoulder out he's gone Suaso Sue just being silly getting suspended again so a couple of changes there for them McIlrick will start Chris Lawrence is back in and will be starting and on the Eels side of things Manu Ma'u returns other than that they're basically full strength and there's a couple of blokes returning I think this week to reserve grade and Frank Pritchard and that so a few more hands on deck for them uh, this one to me it's pretty easy you tip the heels mm, I'm going to tip the heels but I'm going to have a little bet on the Tigers I think they're starting to play better footy uh, and what odds are they Louis? oh here we go 340 I think they're overs at 340 Parramatta I'm still not 100% convinced on I think they'll make the 8 but um, I don't know West, West gave uh, sorry Manly a really good run on Sunday so uh, I'm wary of Wes, and I'll probably have a bet on him. Yep, I'm going to tip him. I'm going to tip the Tigers. No. Um, I'm, not, I'm not wrapped on, on yields, and I think the Tigers played really well for about 60 minutes or so against, against Manly at Brookvale. They did, um, yeah. Parramatta are not um, nowhere near as good as Manly, so I think the Tigers will beat them. Wow, there you go. Hanging them out there. I like that, Gossip. That's a good tip. 
And that one, ANZ Stadium for anyone there. But with WilliamHill.com, the Tigers, three forty, dollars $1.33 for Parramatta. Minus 9.5 is the line. 1-12 to Tigers, $4.50, $3 Parramatta. 13-plus Tigers, $9.00. And for the Eels, two twenty-five. And that wraps us up. The tips, they're getting closer. Uh, a couple of bogey sides this round, a couple of important games, but none more important than the one we're going to be attending, the Panthers and the Titans. I honestly think whoever wins this one is the last team that may have a legitimate shot, depending on what the Dragons do, at jagging a final spot. But we have to thank WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And uh, we have to thank them, as always, for helping us with our charity account, and hopefully we get a fucking win. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty easy to use as well. Mate, it's stunning. One of the better ones. they got some promos now, daily promos. You can get the the boost if you like punting on the horses like yep. we do. Once daily, you can pick something and have a bit of a price can pump. Can you? Yeah, there's a price That's pump. That's how long I've had a punt on the horse. Yeah, price pump. You can get something if it's at good odds and add an extra dollar or two to it. Yeah, so nice. Don't mind that at all. WilliamHill.com. Thank you very much. And thank you, Gossett. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Chomp. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And won't even have to post some daggy pictures up on one of the pages and Never can laugh at us. We'll, we'll have to get the bag with the question mark on the head, though. We can't reveal your identity. Come on. <laughs> yeah, mate. No, where you go here, brother? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. well, i tell you what. You couldn't say three worse heads, let me tell you. Oh. Cross. Yeah, exactly. That's why we do a podcast. We're going to have to get the Going to have to get the widescreen. Fit them in. Exactly. Jesus Christ. No worries, champion. What? Enjoy your week, and we look forward to seeing the weekend. Fantastic. Thanks, lads. And that wraps up a massive episode of the fifth and last NRL World podcast, and mainly because of your fitting questions. They're much appreciated, but you've got it all here this week. You've got the power rankings, our set of six questions. Uh, we've done the game reviews, but fan questions massive. Mr. Gossip, all the dirt, tips and odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And a big thanks to Richmond Residential also on board, helping us with our charity this year, the Great Walk Foundation. But the last thing for you guys to do is to make sure you listen in Share this show with any other league lovers. We really appreciate all your listens and all your support. Keep those questions coming. And please, if you have a spare couple of minutes, it doesn't take long, on iTunes, rate and review us. It takes two seconds, honestly. Uh, it'd be much, much appreciated. And a massive shout-out to all the women out there. It is women in league round, whether it's uh, somebody's mum who's driving to the games, cutting up the oranges, helping out the teams, or someone who's involved as a treasurer or on the board or coaching or Playing, girlfriends, partners, uh, women are a massive part of rugby league, refereeing, you name it, CEOs at all levels, but back right to the grassroots, the women in league, the main ones, your mums and your partners, the people that support you growing up, take you to the games, wash your clothes, cheer for you, help you when you're injured and always there to support you. Uh, I've got to say big thanks to all those women out there that are part of rugby league at all levels, grassroots, top level, all around and everybody out there. Make sure... You appreciate any great women in your life who have contributed to your rugby league club, your rugby league career, or rugby league in general. So, women in league round, get behind it. But for now, everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.